Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie today on this Friday. And that's right. You just heard uh, Frank Costanza right there, uh, the great Jerry Stiller. It is the best day of the year. It's Festivus for the rest of us. December 23rd. Happy Festivus for everybody out there. We'll uh, we'll get into some Festivus-related topics throughout the course of the show today. It is my favorite holiday of the year. I think it truly encapsulates, you know, uh, my spirit, my vibes here on Festivus. So uh, we'll talk Festivus a little later on. Uh, Dan Wilson producing the show today. And we have a lot to get into throughout the course of the show. And if you want to get into it, sorry, 215-592-9494. But obviously, Eagles-Cowboys Saturday evening in Dallas and a lot on the line clearly for the Eagles in this game. An opportunity to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs and to make these last two games against New Orleans and the Giants over the last two weeks of the season uh, pretty meaningless here. And as we get ready for this game and you look at this matchup, I am supremely confident that the Eagles are going to go down to Dallas this weekend, get the job done, and beat the Dallas Cowboys, even without Jalen Hurts on the field this weekend. And if you want to get in here, 215-592-9494 to join the show. And I want your feelings on this game, and I want to know whether or not you are as confident about this game as I am. And the reason that I feel this way is because Jalen Hurts – or no Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are the better football team. It's just that clear. They are the better better football team. They've been better than the Cowboys all year. And even with Jalen Hurts out of the lineup, I still feel like the Eagles are the better team. I still feel like they're going to be able to do what they want to do offensively. And I still feel like this defense is going to give that Dallas offense problems. You look at these rosters. The Eagles are better on both sides of the line. There's no doubt about it. The Eagles have better offensive line. The Eagles are better up front defensively. The Eagles are better in the secondary. The Eagles have, if not better weapons, equal weapons than the Cowboys. They're better coached. And in the end, the Jalen Hurts injury, well, obviously, it's going to affect the Eagles. It doesn't significantly change my feelings on this game. It doesn't significantly change the way that I feel going in. I felt if Jalen Hurts was healthy, the Eagles would have gone down to Dallas, get the job done, and I still feel that they are going to do that. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, if you would like to join here at the beginning of the show. And it's funny, because last week, heading into Chicago, so much of the story wasn't about the Chicago Bears and wasn't about the Eagles' actual opponent last week. It surrounded Micah Parsons and the comments that he made regarding Jalen Hurts and his success this season. On Von Miller's podcast, The Voncast, um, Micah Parsons made some comments that made a lot of people angry around here. Here's what Micah Parsons had to say uh, on Von Miller's podcast last week regarding Jalen Hurts and his success in this Eagles offense.
And, and as much as those comments bothered people, and they obviously did, we talked about it all week long, and annoyed people, Micah Parsons was not entirely wrong in what he had to say about Jalen Hurts. And this is not to take anything away from Jalen or detract from anything that he has done over the course of this season. I mean, Jalen Hurts has played tremendous football. He's a top you know, three to five MVP candidate, depending on your perspective. And in some people's minds, he is the most valuable player in the league. He's had a great season. But overall, Micah Parsons' point is correct. And that's why I feel that the Eagles are still going to win this game. That's why I have very little doubt the Eagles are going to go down and perform well and win this game in Dallas because the coaching and the talent and the scheme enhances the play of the quarterback significantly. And that applies whether it's Jalen Hurts, whether it's Gardner Minshew. It doesn't really matter. And am I telling you that this offense is going to be exactly the same? That they are going to be able to do all the same things that they're able to do with Jalen Hurts? No, of course not. I mean, Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew have very different skill sets. Like a lot of the RPO game, a lot of the quarterback run game, that stuff will be modified. But I still believe that this coaching staff is going to put Gardner Minshew in a position to succeed. I still think they'll be able to dial things up to put Minshew in a spot where he's going to be able to run this offense proficiently. He's going to be able to take advantage of his weapons, be it Devontae Smith, be it A.J. Brown. You're getting Dallas Goddard back this week. These are still significant weapons offensively that Gardner Minshew is going to have at his disposal. And as much as we are irritated by Micah Parsons and annoyed by what Parsons had to say, he wasn't wrong. And that works in the Eagles' favor. The Eagles are going to win this game because of the scheme, because of the talent, because of all those things playing into it. It's not just the quarterback. Obviously, you're in a better position with Jalen Hurts, but I still believe the Eagles are a better team with Gardner Minshew. I still think the Eagles are going to win this game, even with Jalen Hurts out of the lineup, and I would love to get your take on it to start the show here. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Do you believe the Eagles are going to win this game? And also, looking back, and now that, you know, we've had some time to fully digest it, and now you do see Gardner Minshew going in the lineup, do you see Micah Parsons' point a little more? And do you think maybe, and I know a lot of people aren't going to come on and say Micah Parsons was totally right here, and he's totally validated, but do you look at it a little bit differently? Do you think there's more validity to what he said than... Previously, when we were talking about this last week, uh, I want to get your take on it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And before we go to the phone, start with uh, Dan Buzz Wilson producing the show today. And Buzz, uh, two questions for you. Do you think the Eagles win this game? And do you think when you look back and really digest Micah Parsons' comments now, do you think there is actually some validity to what he said and that may be playing into Gardner Minshew performing well this So I'll start with the first question. Do I think the Eagles win this game? No. I think my official prediction is a 27-24 win for Dallas. I know we've been looking at this entire season and saying, like, you know, where are the Eagles going to lose games? That's really the wrong way to look at it, right? Like, they've only had one loss thus far. At one point, we were talking about them going undefeated. I don't think teams in the NFL just lose games because you know they're going to at some point. But in this particular case, like, I think there's a tangible reason. They're going to the backup quarterback. I understand the point about Gardner Minshew being one of the more capable backups in the league, better than a handful of the starters. But in this case, I think even though Dallas is coming off an overtime loss to Jacksonville, I think they are a pretty talented team. They've had a pretty good you know, in terms of points allowed, a top 10 defense this year, just like the Eagles have. I'm going to say that going down to Dallas, a game that 
many people around here were scared of anyway just a few weeks ago. Now that we have the backup quarterback in, like I think we're trying to hype ourselves up and tell us tell ourselves they're going to win the game when on paper I think there is a slight edge to Dallas. And I think the Vegas line shows you that. So I'm saying that Dallas wins the game. In terms of what I think of Micah Parsons, like no, I, I, I kind of felt the same way ever since he said it, which that's disrespectful to how good Jalen Hurts has been. Sure, is this team extremely talented, more talented than we've seen in years past? Yes. Will that uplift Gardner Minshew in his play tomorrow night? Most likely. But Jalen Hurts is playing like the MVP for a reason. He has elevated those guys just as much, if not more, as they're elevating him. Gardner Minshew is not nearly as good as Jalen Hurts is. I think if you take the side of the perspective of Micah Parsons, you're totally underselling how good Jalen Hurts has been this season. Well, I disagree. And if you want to get into 215-592-9494, I, I disagree for this reason. I don't disagree in the sense that what Micah Parsons said and the manner in which he meant it was in some ways that demean Jalen Hurts. I think that is obvious. But his overall point, I don't think is incorrect. Like when you talk about the scheme, when you talk about the talent, when you talk about the coaching, enhancing the play of the quarterback... I absolutely believe that to be true, and I believe that is why Gardner Minshew is going to perform well. I think they're going to enhance Gardner Minshew's performance. It might not look exactly the same. Like, the Eagles are going to do things differently. They're not going to run the same kind of plays. They're not going to run the exact same kind of offense. But I think the point remains, the 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 whole of this team, when you put all these pieces together with the talent, the coaching, the scheme, enhances the play of the quarterback. Will it be what it was with Jalen Hurts? Probably not. Will it be good enough to beat the Cow- Dallas Cowboys? I absolutely believe it will. I think the Eagles win this game. Uh, and I think Michael Parsons' overall point, uh, in retrospect, was probably correct. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you get in here to start the show. Uh, let's get it started on the phones with Pete in L.A. What's up, Pete? What's up, TK? How you doing, buddy? Um, awesome. How about yourself? Great. How's uh, your? Uh, it's a, your son, right? Well, I have a son that is twenty-two months old and a daughter that is oh, uh, like three. Know. My my daughter's almost four weeks old at this point, so oh, she's doing well, she's doing very well. Awesome. Um, you know, a, a decent sleeper. Uh, st- you know, a little that's, touch that's and go with the sleeping, right? but yeah, she's been pretty good. That's awesome. Thanks. For um, uh, should we do? Uh, was this uh, feats of strength? I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I really am happy with the fact that Gardner Minshew is going to play. Um, I'm not saying we're going to win, but it's going to be a different way that our offense is going to um, go. And we also have to remember that our defense is going to show up, right? I'd imagine so, Pete. I mean, this has been one of the best defenses in the NFL this year, and, and I think they're going to make things really difficult on Dallas on Saturday. I mean, we um, – we got some corners who can play, you know, we're probably going to double team CD lamb. Most of the time you would hope. I mean, I know they have a uh, tight end who's kind of effective and, but I'd like to see um, just, you know, our defense show up and see Gar Minshew. What I like about Gar Minshew, I know it was against the Jets, but it's people were saying, well, he's going to be checked down Charlie. I don't see that at all. I, he, seems to be able to throw those out patterns and and um, certain balls. Um, I'm not saying Baron Jalen Hurts, but I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I hear you, Pete, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at Gardner Minshew specifically, we got to remember this is a guy who's played in the NFL and played well. I mean, is he – 
a, a pro bowler? Is he a guy who, who's going to be, you know, an MVP candidate type player? No. But I think Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback in the NFL that just happens to be a backup right now. I think you can make the argument when you look around the NFL, uh, is Gardner Minshew a top 20 quarterback in the league? I think that's certainly a possibility at this point. Like, there are a number of guys uh, that he's better. I mean, look, just watch that game last night. Uh, Zach Wilson's starting games in the NFL. Zach Wilson sucks. Like, this guy flat out is terrible. Uh, Gardner Minshew is 10 times better than Zach Wilson is. And I think he's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And when you surround a guy like Gardner Minshew with the talent that the Eagles have, you're going to get good results. When you have this kind of offensive line, when you have a smart coaching staff with Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, they're going to put him in advantageous situations, are going to put him, him in good spots. When you have weapons like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, that's when a guy like Gardner Minshew can be put in situations to have success, and I think he will have success on Saturday. Let's go to Sam and Glenside. What's up, Sam? Hey, let me get you off the speaker. How you doing, TK? Good, how you doing, man? All right. Hey, just wanted to uh, touch base. I'm actually out here thanks to my ex-wife for a very nice Christmas present. We got out here Tuesday. I'm about 200 yards from the stadium. And, uh, oh, d- down in uh, Dallas. Yeah, right in Arlington. Nice. Yep. There you go. Yep. Out here. So uh, I'll give you a little little perspective. I mean, I, I think I think we'll be fine with, with Mitch you and there as long as they adapt, you know, to his style, uh, you know, play uh, for, for the play calling and our defense steps up. Because I think it'll take us a little while to get going, uh, but as long as our defense puts the pressure on, uh, you know, uh, Dallas, I think uh, we can force some turnovers and keep a tight game. Um, didn't I mean their view out here so far from what I've seen is when Mitchu didn't we have Mitchu in on the second half when we trounced Dallas first time around? Um, in the no, no, the, that game was a game where the Eagles had a big lead. Dallas kind of closed the gap a little bit, and then the Eagles kind of uh, put together a good drive at the end. I think the Eagles won that game 27 17. Minshew played against Dallas last year in the final game of the regular season when the Eagles had nothing to play for and, and played pretty well in that game. Okay, that's that's what they're because they're, they're looking like out of the way he performed against us, you know, back then. Mm. You know, that uh, they think they're going to walk all over us, that uh, they're going to embarrass us. And uh, we've had an easy schedule uh, because we played Minnesota and Detroit and everybody before they started to get good. So they think, you know, we've had an easy schedule the rest of the way. They, they think they're going to beat us tomorrow night and they think they're going to beat us in the playoffs. Yeah, and Sam, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call, and I hopefully have fun down there in Dallas. I was down there a few years ago for the um, Eagles. This is kind of a an unmemorable in Eagles history. Eagles-Cowboys game in Dallas in 2015. You remember this one, Dan, when uh, Sammy Sleeves hit uh, Jordan Matthews for the game-winning overtime? In overtime, right? Yeah. I remember that game. That was Chip's final year. Chip's final year? No, that was like one of the biggest wins of the season. I think it's relatively memorable. But I feel like that season as a whole, because of the way it ended up and being so... A lot is erased from our memory, rightfully so. Exactly. Uh, But an entertaining game nonetheless. Pretty cool stadium down there. I actually enjoyed my experience down at... I mean, it... Jerry it sucks Ryan. that it's Dallas, but objectively, like, a very cool stadium just to look at on TV. I've seen it from the outside, never been inside. Yeah, so it, it was pretty cool, and anybody who's down there, uh, I hope you have a great time. But, yeah, I think 
I think the Eagles are in a good spot, and I think they will perform well, and I think Minshew will perform well this weekend. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. We'd love your takes on this game and would like your takes in retrospect. Was Micah Parsons right? Like, do you think that the scheme and all these other factors will prop up Gardner Minshew? And again, this is not to demean Jalen Hurts in any way, um, but I do think his opinion is correct, and I think that will enhance Gardner Minshew and allow him to succeed on Saturday. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, I will give you my official score prediction for this game, how I see this playing out, um, and we'll hear from one eagle on what he expects from Gardner Minshew in his start on Saturday night. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie. Dan Wilson producing right here on Sports Radio 94 WI. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, Ho, H to the O-V. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie today. We will have uh, some midday show Friday staples coming up for you uh, throughout the course of the show. We'll do a little uh, bathtub time machine later on. And at noon, we have uh, now, damn, what is this? Beat the Kelly in place of Beat the Hammer? Correct. Something that you... uh, and I know uh, uh, you and senior producer Mike Angelina have been working on here. So we'll do Beat the Kelly just like they would do Beat the Hammer. I'll exit the studio and you'll kind of moderate that segment. Exactly right. Yeah, we're doing Beat the Kelly. Uh, I woke up this morning. Uh, we already had named it Beat the Kelly. I was between Beat the Kelly and Beat the Grinch, which was all have also been appropriately named, I think. Okay. Well, well because Hammer's not his real offensive. name. Yeah. Well, you're self-defined Grinch, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a Grinch. I thought you were say. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas. Does that make me a Grinch? I thought you were a self-defined Grinch. Okay, well, we're going with Beat the Kelly. That's the name of the segment. We're playing Beat the Hammer here on uh, this Festivus this Friday at noon, as they always would. So I will ask our contestant five questions. You'll come back from the soundproof booth. I'll ask you five questions, and... Uh, Play for a little prize here today on the Midday Show. All right, sounds good. So if you want to get in uh, for Beat the Kelly a little later on at noon, uh, make sure you're, you're you're tuned in for that and uh, let Dan know if you want to participate. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But talking about Eagles-Cowboys, obviously here, as we get started, Eagles a chance to clinch home field advantage for the first time since 2017. And I have a lot of confidence they're going to go down there and win this game. And I have a lot of confidence Gardner Minshew. And uh, that leads us to our Twitter question of the day brought to you by Armin Chevrolet wishing their employees customers and WIP listeners happy holidays find new roads to Armin Chevrolet closer than you think and our Twitter question of the day um, you can find it at Tommy Kelly 44 on Twitter do you believe Gardner Minshew will lead the Eagles to a victory in Dallas. Uh, That is our Twitter poll question. So I want to get your takes on that. Do you believe Gardner Minshew will lead the Eagles to a victory in Dallas on Saturday? I do. I think Gardner Minshew is going to play really well in this game. And I think that, you know, when you look at backup quarterbacks, obviously the Eagles have a tremendous track record with backup quarterbacks over the course of their history, whether it's Jeff Garcia, you go all the way back to Coy Detmer, A.J. Feely, what they did in 2002. Um, I guess technically you can even say Michael Vick in, in 2010, Nick Foles in 2013, obviously Nick Foles again in 2017. Like the Eagles have had a, a, a 
tremendous track record with backup quarterbacks. And Gardner Minshew is a good one as well, and I think he'll play really well in this game on Saturday. Here was Jordan Mulata talking a little bit uh, on the Players' Lounge uh, down at Chickies and Pete's on Monday night about Minshew and what he expects. And Minshew does have some mobility. I mean, Jordan Mulata is not being entirely uh, facetious there. I mean, this is not a situation where I think the Eagles need to overhaul their entire offense. You're going to modify some things. Obviously, Minshew will probably pay for, play from the po- pocket a little more than Jalen Hurts would. But I still think that he's going to be able to run this offense, run most of what the Eagles do, and run it proficiently. And as we reflect back to last week on Micah Parsons' comments, I don't think they were entirely untrue. The manner in which he said it, the tone in which he said it, do I think that was somewhat disrespectful? Sure. Do I think that was intentional to a degree? Yes, I do. But his point I don't think was wrong. Like the scheme, the coaching, the talent has enhanced Jalen Hurts' play this year. It has, you know, boosted him up and buttressed him up as a player. And I think the same thing's going to happen this week. I think Gardner Minshew's going to play well because of all those factors involved. Um, and in the end, I think Michael Parsons is going to be proven right. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, and as far as my prediction for this game goes, I'd like the Eagles to win this game, and i like the Eagles to win this game 33-27. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball. But I see this game possibly going to overtime. I think the Eagles put together a big-time drive late. Minshew puts together a a big-time drive late, and the Eagles win this game by a touchdown. But I think it's high scoring, and I think the Eagles go over 30 points in this game. Uh, So I'm expecting big things from the offense under Minshew uh, on Saturday night. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Paul in New Jersey. What's up, Paul? I know what you mean. I know exactly what you said. Hello? Yo, Paul. What's up, man? Good morning. How you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I'm I'm talking. Is this Tom? This is Tom Kelly, right? Uh, yes. Okay, sir. Um, I, listen. I, I never try to get on the radio station and start disrespecting people or, or coming at people. But I have to ask you: How long have you been watching football? I've been watching football for for thirty five years, Paul. Thirty five years. Okay, so you okay? So I'm I'm, I'm in my forties. So you telling me that Gardner Minshew is gonna go in there and hang thirty points like Jalen, and that they that they inter, they're interchangeable? I'm not saying they're interchangeable. I, I think Jalen's the better option, but I don't think Gardner Minshew stinks, Paul. And I think with the supporting cast that the Eagles have, do I think they can go in and score 30-plus on Dallas considering they gave up 40 to the Jaguars last week? Yeah, I absolutely do believe that. Brother, you, you guys got to stop getting on this radio station and, and, and disrespecting Jalen like this. This is, this, is, this is unheard of. He gets enough disrespect. From the outside, and he's getting a disrespect inside of Philadelphia. Paul, Are how is serious? it? How is it disrespecting Jalen to believe that Gardner Minshew is going to go in and play well? That's not disrespecting Jalen, brother. Listen, when okay, this, this, let me say this. I heard all this talk about the Chicago Bears with the, with the, with the 29th ranked run defense, and that the best O line in the league couldn't run the ball. So that's why Jalen had to run the ball 17 times. 
because we had the best O line in the league, and we couldn't run against we couldn't run the ball against the twenty seventh, twenty ninth ranked ranked run defense. So you guys, you guys, what you guys is doing is, is really sitting there and you're trying to undermine Jalen. And we're, we're going to stop doing that. Paul, Paul, this is not undermining Jalen. And, and and to push back on something you said there, like, yeah, the Bears don't have a good run defense. The Bears don't have a good pass defense either. The Eagles should have been able to do wh- anything they wanted in that game. Jalen didn't play well last week. That's okay Brother, to say. It was cold. It was cold as okay. you know what outside. Who th- Joe Montana couldn't throw a ball in, the, in, in, in that cold. Joe Montana couldn't do it. Listen, Sirianni, he, listen, he, Sirianni is not Bill Walsh. Everybody, let's, let's cut it out. He, when he came to town, when he came to Philly, he already had that old line. He inherited that old line. He, Jalen Hurst was already drafted. Harry had him in the pocket. Harry already had him in the pocket. So let's stop acting like Sirianni. He says, mastermind. Put some respect on Jalen Hurst's name. He's the Green Mamba. That is his name. He's the Green Mamba. And when we lose this game, Green Mamba, no remove yourself from radio, please. Remove yourself from radio. Have a good day, gentlemen. Uh, thanks, thanks, Paul. I appreciate the call. I will not be removing myself from the radio. And I, I got to say, man, like I don't know why we have this oversensitivity with Jalen. Okay? I'm not – like I don't think Jalen really cares about – what people say about him, why people take so much offense on his behalf, I don't really understand. Because it's not it's not slanderous of Jalen Hurts to say that I believe Gardner Minshew can go to Dallas and play really well. Like, that is an indication of what I think of the rest of the team. It's not a negative toward Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been tremendous this year. He has been one of the top three to five quarterbacks in the NFL this year. There's no doubt about that. But... I think it would be disingenuous to say that the other pieces don't enhance his play. Of course they do. Like, the Eagles have an incredible offensive line. The Eagles have incredible weapons. That doesn't mean that 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 doesn't take away from Jalen Hurts. And I don't understand why we're so sensitive in that regard. Dan, do you think there is an oversensitivity in this town where if you don't over-the-top praise Jalen Hurts, you're hating on him? I mean, I think there's a little bit of that. I don't think it's Hurts unique. I think we saw this with Carson Wentz all the time, and I think that yeah. the only difference is Wentz seemed to be more sensitive to that kind of thing and needed to be reassured that he was the guy ultimately where Jalen Hurts, I agree, doesn't seem to care what anybody says. He just blocks it all out as much as humanly possible when you're quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. But I guess the question is, and I'll ask you this, like, do you, which do you believe to be more true? Jalen Hurts lifts up the rest of this roster, and more specifically the offense, or the offensive weapons are lifting him up? I mean, this might be a cop-out. This will probably sound like a cop-out, but I do think it's both. Like, And really, you know, I think that's that that's a reasonable answer. That's that's the right answer, is they both lift each other up. Both- like, Jalen, I'll put it this way. Jalen has improved immeasurably over the course of this past offseason. From last year to this year, Jalen Hurts has made far more improvements, far larger improvements, than I believed was possible, and there's no doubt about that. He deserves a ton of credit for that. But it would be extremely naive to not look at the pieces he's surrounded with, an offensive line where three of them are pro bowlers, two of them are alternates. You have receivers with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, a coaching staff where Shane Steichen's going to be gone in the offseason. He's going to get hired as a head coach somewhere. Like It would be naive to say that they are not enhancing his play, at least to some degree. No, I know, but I guess I look at like the season Miles Sanders is having, and I say, okay, like Jalen Hurts' ability to take all his improvement as a passer, his improvement as a even as a runner, and 
it's harder for defenses to guard just one thing as it was last year where it seemed like teams could like stack the box and make him throw and that was an answer. Now teams have to guard more. So his improvement as a passer is directly correlated to Miles Sanders having the season he's having. It's directly correlated to some of these passes that week in and week out were like, I, you know, these are some of the nicest passes in the NFL on a weekly basis that we're seeing him throw on Sundays. Like the receivers having the seasons they're having are because of Jalen Hurts. I think the quarterback ultimately uplifts the rest of the team more so than the other way around. I think that's the truth in this case, and that's why the downgrade to Gardner Minshew this Saturday is a bigger deal than you're making it. It's a fair point, and if you want to get into 215-592-9494, I'll throw that question out there as well. You know, what do you think is more integral? What's been more important to the Eagles' offensive success? Has it been those other pieces? Has it been the weapons, coaching staff scheme, all the stuff Michael Parsons said, or has it been Jalen Hurts? I, I think it truly is you know, both those factors. I think all of those things kind of combine to this being a really potent offense. And, you know, when I look at, at Gardner Minshew, I'm not telling you that if Gardner Minshew had been the Eagles starting quarterback all season long, the Eagles would be 13 and one. I don't believe that to be true, but in a small sample size, in a situation where you're looking at one game, you're going down to play the Dallas Cowboys, who I don't think are that good anyway. Can Gardner Minshew go down and have a good performance and win that game? Yeah, I absolutely believe that to be possible. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Tyrone in Middletown. What's up, Tyrone? Hey, good morning, uh, Tom Kelly. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Great topic. Uh, Thanks. Looking forward to the Eagles game, as I'm sure everyone else is, uh, with Cowboys, the dreaded Cowboys. Uh, Listen, I hope, hopefully, uh, Shane Steichen and the staff will come up with a a balanced attack and they'll utilize Miles Sanders, but... Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that the Cowboys have just as many or more problems as the Eagles in terms of injuries with the injury on the offensive uh, line with their tackle, with Tyron Smith coming back from an injury, and they have uh, a 37-year-old, uh, what's his, uh, used to be with the Eagles? Jason Peters. He's, uh, Jason Peters is filling in, and I, and I think Van Der Esch on the, uh, the, deep, the defensive linebacker, he, he's coming off of some type of injury, and also – their safety or the corner on the opposite side of Diggs, I think uh, they say that he's not that good. He's almost like a, like an easy mark. Do you think if they come up with a with an intermediate passing game and mix them with an occasional long pass, basically fueled by the run and actually allowing their running game to get some traction, that they can just basically use a power type game with and then mix in some decisive passes passes to basically to, to tire the Cowboys out and basically just, just beat them on their own turf to make a statement. Yeah, so that's what we need to do. Tyrone, I, I think this game's going to be interesting from a game plan perspective because we talk a lot about RPOs with Jalen Hurts and you know I, I think the Eagles won't run RPOs in the same way they typically run them with Jalen where it's either you know he hands it off to Miles Sanders or keeps it but I do think you'll see a lot of, of the type offense with Gardner Minshew that the Eagles used to run with Nick Foles, where they ran RPOs, and it's either, you know, Gardner Minshew's kind of reading what the Cowboys' defense is doing, they'll either hand it off to Miles Sanders or little quick passes in the passing game. I think you're going to see a lot of the short, intermediate passing game, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles came out and threw the ball a lot uh, early in this one. Yeah, and also, I, it, that, that would be a, a wise game plan, but also I think it's, it's time for them. They have to start prepping for the playoffs. And I think um, their offensive uh, line really has to get in stride and start blowing people off the ball like they can do. 
And I think that's one of their strengths that's being underutilized. And I think also with Jalen being on it, I guess he's not playing. I don't know if he'll be deactivated, but they have a big running back who's always who's on the uh, the reserve squad, uh, Trey Sermon. Mm. This guy six feet weighs two hundred and twenty five to thirty pounds. I'd like to see him get in and get a couple runs just to see if he can in the event that someone goes down or how can I say it, maybe the game plan will dictate that they go to a power game that the, the, just to give him a to give him a shot and see what he can do. Yeah. Since he was a he was a big time runner in college. Yeah, Tyrone, I appreciate the call. I mean, I think that that's possible. I, I don't think you necessarily need a power running back, uh, you know, in this day and age in the NFL, and, and certainly in this game. Uh, I, I think that's that you know we'll see how things play out. The Eagles will have that roster spot. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be deactivated for this game, but I think the game plan. You know, if I don't expect the Eagles just come out and start running the ball, will here. I think they will throw a lot, and I think it's going to be a lot of the short intermediate passing game and I'd expect a game plan very similar to last year against the Jets when Gardner Minshew came in I mean threw for what I think 300 plus yards three touchdowns or something like that in that game performed really well I'd expect a game plan similar to that and that's the kind of game plan Gardner Minshew can execute do we think Minshew asked Sirianni for the starting job after one good performance here that I think now that's the biggest problem Dan is, is it if he plays well, do we, have a, qu- do we have a quarterback controversy around here? Well, I mean, Gardner would love that. I, of course I, he would. I, did, I mean, that was that was wrong Gardner to do last year. You can't be doing that, man. I get you want to play. You can't be going to the head coach after one start and saying, you know, you want the job. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I'm ready to move up around here. Yeah, I mean, I, I admire the, you know, the, the stones to do it, but probably not, not the best uh, teammate move to go ahead and Eh, probably not, but yeah. I don't. I, that kind of thing doesn't seem to really phase Jalen. No, like maybe internally, but like doesn't affect him on the field. That's why nothing phases Jalen. Like we don't need to get offended on on Jalen Hurts' behalf. He's fine. Um, and I think Jalen would tell you a very similar thing. Like uh, he's probably not going to go as far as I am to agree with Michael Parsons. But do I think in an honest moment Jalen would tell you, yeah, my offensive line and my receivers and and all these other people help me out a lot. Of course he'd say that. Bought them all Gucci bags, right? I mean, is that a, what he did? I think he did. Yeah. Well, that you got to do that. You, well, that that's a, that's a move of a guy knowing he's getting paid this off because right. those are not inexpensive. Right. Yeah. Jalen Jalen's going to secure the bag, as they would say. He uh, he secured he multiple bags. Yes, and and he will secure more. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four is how you join the show. Uh, we'll get to everybody uh, on hold. And when we get back, um, I did have my social media gripe of the day. Because there's been a change uh, made to uh, Twitter that I just, uh, I hate. And it's having a major effect on my self-confidence. So we'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yeah, yeah. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Filling in for uh, Joe DeCameron and John Ritchie today on the Midday Show. In the next segment, we will uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Phillies in this offseason as uh, things took a a negative turn the other night. Carlos Correa signing with the New York Mets will be joined by our buddy Tim Kelly of Phillies Nation. And whenever we have Tim Kelly on, we need to do a little uh, TK trivia uh, contest between me and uh, myself and Tim, right? Right, Dan? You've prepared a couple questions I've prepared some questions. All of the answers will be... 
people who have the initials TK, okay. and we are going to decide once and for all who the real T. Kelly is around here, okay. here at Odyssey. All right. Well, I, I would hope it's me, but we'll Well, we'll, we'll find out at 11. Uh, but we'll talk to Tim uh, coming up here at 11. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. But I did, before we get back to the phones, need to talk about uh, uh, something that's happened on social media that I find to be extremely disturbing. And, and I always like to give a social media a gripe. And my gripe today is a new change to Twitter. And obviously there's been a lot of changes since Elon Musk took over and, um, you know, it, it, he's making a lot of a lot of changes, most of them I think for the worse. Uh, but the thing that has really bothered me, and this is having a massive effect on my self-confidence, is the new feature where you can see how many people see your tweet. And, like, it's basically just showing how many people are not liking or retweeting your tweet. Correct. And it's having a massive effect on my self-confidence. Like, you'll look and you'll see something like, oh, 350 people have seen this tweet, and you only have a handful of likes. It's, it's, I don't like this new feature. Yeah, I, don't, it, I don't know how it's helping people. It's totally exposing the ratio of people who scrolled right by what you had to say and didn't care. Exactly. Like, I really don't like this. Is, uh, is there a way I can just remove this feature? No, I don't I, see it. Elon Musk is trying to reinvent the wheel here with Twitter in, like, a variety of ways. First, it was he, the over-verification of people. Now it's this. Like, just it was fine. No one was complaining about it. What they should add, a, a lot of people want have wanted the edit button for a while. They've been holding out on that. Like, we don't need impressions. We don't need... Or maybe you could turn it on or off. We don't need to like implement these rules and force them upon people because Elon Musk thinks he needs to reinvent the wheel with Twitter that everybody liked beforehand. Right. I mean, it's hurting my feelings, honestly, to see. And, and you know, because that, that's all it's doing. It's just making you see how many people just scrolled right by your tweet and don't even care about I'll, it. And they're I'll just even, moving on with their day. I'll add another gripe. Have you ever had someone come up to you in real life and like verbally face-to-face mention a tweet of yours that they saw? In which they talk about it, but they didn't like it. I don't. I don't think so. Like someone, like, oh, I saw that photo of or that tweet you had, but didn't like it themselves. Not that I. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, okay. Well, it's it's happened to me a few times. Okay. And I, I find it kind of well, funny. that's not surprising because your tweets are terrible. Are terrible. So I I don't want to have my tweets liked anyway. Yeah. If if you think your self confidence is getting hurt here, I mean, what do you see? How many people are scrolling past my tweets and not liking them at all? Right. Well, 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 there, there you go. So that's my social media gripe. Is that Elon I Musk? Is... I don't like this new feature. I just don't like the new feature. The one thing I have enjoyed is Elon Musk just constantly getting dunked on by people, people for not being nearly as smart as he appeared to be, as, or as smart as he believes he is. Like right. he, he wants to leave his mark on Twitter. Remember, like a month ago, when everyone thought Twitter was just going to crash and right. burn to the ground. That didn't happen. I mean, that clearly was not going to happen, but. I do think he's one of these people who thinks he's a lot smarter than he actually is. I would venture to say most billionaires who have risen to this level of power probably are like that. Right. I mean, you're obviously having you're, you're dealing with a success. very specific demographic. He's right. obviously had a lot of success, but uh, he's on a bit of an ego trip right now. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So that's my social media group today. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Obviously, though, talking a lot of Eagles-Cowboys today. Do you believe the Eagles will win this game on Saturday? And your feelings on Gardner Minshew playing. I think Gardner Minshew's going to play really well. And, you know, as we look back at the Micah Parsons comments, I don't think they were entirely incorrect. That's why I believe Gardner Minshew will play well. I do think the supporting cast, the offensive line, the coaching staff, the weapons 
will certainly aid Gardner Minshew, will certainly boost him up, and uh, allow him to play well, and I think allow the Eagles to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs on Saturday. So I want your feelings on that as well. 215-592-9494. Let's go to James in New Jersey. What's up, James? Hey, Tom. Listen, uh, I've been listening to your comments with respect to uh, Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely correct. Okay. Um, the The other thing is... Uh, I disagree with you. The Eagles will win. I disagree with you with the the overtime thing. That's not going to happen. So you know, I got I got my my game sheet uh, here ready for you. Um, I'm in agreement with your analysis on the whole game, except for the, the overtime thing. However, the four factors that um, I would like your opinion on in the conversation. Um, of which both teams don't control, but are going to d- determine the outcome of the game, are going to be, um, and you can ask me why, uh, false starts, turnovers, field possession. And the reason why we're going to win the game, I'll tell you, um, we're the number one, we have one of the top rated running games in the game. That's what they're going to do. What that does is it takes time off the clock, which will be um, a tremendous advantage for them because eventually time runs out. The other thing is, um, you know, Dak averages one turnover a game, okay, against the top defense in the league. He's going to have at least two. So uh, the only thing that I don't know on, on my sheet is, how is the special teams of the Eagles going to react? Other than that, uh, I'm in agreement with you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hear you, James, and I appreciate the call. And I think a few things you touched on there are obvious. Uh, you know, penalties and turnovers are going to have a huge factor on this game. And, you know, I look at Dak Prescott. I think Dak's pretty good. Like, I'm not of the belief that Dak Prescott stinks. He's over completely overrated. But – he will make mistakes and give you turnovers. I mean, you look at the end of that Jacksonville game last week, uh, throws the interception in overtime, and Jacksonville ends up winning that game. The Eagles should be able to force him into some mistakes, force him into a couple turnovers. That could be the difference. But as far as the Eagles' game plan, and this is something a few callers have brought up in the first hour of the show and something I, I kind of fundamentally disagree with here, I don't think just because Gardner Minshew is under center the Eagles are going to resort to just a run-based approach here. And I would love to get your take on it, 215-592-9494. Like, do you think the Eagles are going to lean on the run game more? I don't believe that to be true. I think, if anything, the Eagles lean on the pass game a little more. I think they're going to use that short, intermediate passing game. And I actually think Jalen Hurts being out of the lineup affects the run game more than it affects the pass game. Because Jalen in the run game, that's where he really adds significant value. That's what makes him unique, is his ability to keep the ball, his ability to, you know, uh, occupy that defender, open things up for Miles Sanders, open things up in the run game. As far as the passing game goes, Gardner Minshew is a good passer. Gardner Minshew will be fine, certainly executing that short, intermediate passing game. Doesn't throw as good a deep ball as Jalen does. But I think Jalen's absence actually affects the Eagles more in the run game than it does the pass game. And I don't expect uh, Nick Sirianni to come out and just lean on the run uh, just because Jalen's not in the lineup. Let's go to Tom in Dover. What's up, Tom? 
Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing today? Good. How you doing? Hey, listen, man. I'm. You getting a lot. Of, you got a lot of strikes from that dude. I don't think he knew what he was talking about, man. Nobody's saying nothing bad about Jalen, man. Everybody's saying what needs to be said is Eagles gonna win tomorrow, man. Period. I don't know. I think the boy uh, Vander Vander Ash being out is gonna hurt them a little bit because he makes a lot of big plays for them on that defense. Yeah, it, it, Tom, it's crazy because you look back and, and not watching the the Cowboys every single week, but watching them play against the Eagles, the difference in how that defense plays when Van Der Esch is on the field compared to when he's out is is significant. Yeah, man, I think I think that it's enough talent around Minshew for him to get the job done, man. I don't, I, I, I mean, you know, everybody been saying how good Dallas is, how good Dallas is. And I think they're a decent football team, man. But I think even without Jalen and all the talent that we got, man, we should be able to handle them tomorrow. Really, I do. And we need to handle them, man, because I'm still mad about how they did us last year in that last game when they played their starters and they stomped on us and they didn't have to do that. So we need to go down and, man, and represent tomorrow. Yeah, and I appreciate the call, Tom. Thanks. And yeah, that that is something the Eagles, uh, I guess, have the back in their mind. I didn't really care about that game last year. The Eagles were playing their backups. It was it was meaningless. But you just like to to clinch this game so you don't need to worry about anything the last two weeks of the season. Obviously, you're still incentivized to win the Saints game, uh, regardless because of the draft pick situation. But um, yeah, I mean, you'd love to get it clinched. You'd love to set yourself up where, you know, the last two games don't really have any consequence, and I think the Eagles have a very good chance to go down and win this game. Let's get Bill in at Berks County in here. What's up, Bill? How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, when I was uh, coming back to the world back in 1970, the first thing I did was stop at the Eagles administrative offices and buy season tickets. So I've been following the Eagles since I'm 10, more like 62 years. You sound okay. like a guy who really hates the Cowboys, Bill. Oh my God! You hit it right on the head, yeah. brother. I when I was when I was across the pond, I didn't like him. There you go. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the fan in me wants uh, wants the Eagles to a uh, play a complete game in all three aspects of of the game. They haven't really done that uh, so far. There's always been something. Last week, uh, Jalen had an off day. The offense sputtered a little bit. But yet the, the special teams came through with the big run by Boston Scott, and the defense was solid. There have been times where the defense started off and they couldn't stop my mother, let alone anybody else. But things, you know, the ebb and flow of the season, ultimately at some point you want them to put it together. Now, they knocked the, they, they beat the heck out of the Giants, 48-22 I think it was, and they played with them, and they – they uh, knocked down a point when they literally embarrassed the Vikings. They did, okay? It, it was, that, that was as, as com- close to a complete game as they played this year. What I would love to do is have them go down in all three phases because each, within each phase, like the offensive line, who would, which is phenomenal, but if you really look, uh, the left side uh, between Mylotta and Dickerson they're road graders. They're not pass blockers, okay? And Maialata has difficulty with a fast outside rush. So his first step, if he's there, fine. If not, he gets beat. So as far as Minshew being the quarterback, uh, you know, I would love for them 
to try to run, you know, and create and bring that Dallas linebacking core towards the line of scrimmage. And once you do that, then you play action and Stoll and, and Goddard are, are there for the taking. And if you, if they go down there and the offense plays to that, to that level, because the one thing you never have to worry about with the offensive line is Kelsey. He hits the first guy and he gets to the second level. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop until he hears the whistle. Okay. So each one of them to collectively, they're great. Each right. one of them has a little bit of a dark spot, but and, that can be, you know, to collectively they work. Yeah. No the defense played, played lights out last, last week. But I, you know, what I'm scared about is this for Dallas. This is their statement game. All yeah, right. yeah, and no, no doubt about it, Bill. And I'm sorry, man. We we got to move on here, up against it. But yeah, I mean, you you look at it, and and uh, Dallas is a good opponent. And uh, do I think they're the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? No, I think the 49ers probably are, even with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I think the Niners are a greater threat than the Cowboys are. Uh, but they're a good team, and yeah, it would be a statement win for the Eagles to go down there, beat them with the backup quarterback, and put even more doubt in Dallas's mind if you do end up seeing them down the line, which you very well could in a few weeks in the divisional round of the playoffs. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. We'll get all your calls in. When we get back, though, we will be joined by Tim Kelly, Phillies Nation. Talk a little Phils, a little baseball, including Carlos Correa. And the big uh, move as he gums the NL East, going to the New York Mets. We'll get into it with Tim when we get back, and then we'll get back to your calls. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Like we always do with this time. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie on this uh, Festivus December 23rd. Hope everybody's having a happy Festivus out there. Uh, If you want to get in, join the show. 215-592-9494. Obviously talking a lot of Eagles Cowboys. Uh, A Twitter poll question of the day uh, brought to you by Armin Chevrolet. Over 85 vehicles available during Armin Chevrolet's red tag year-end event. Visit ArminChevy.com. Find new roads to Armin Chevy closer than you think. And our Twitter question, at TommyKelly44, do you believe Believe Gardner Minshew will lead the Eagles to a victory in Dallas. Currently, eighty-six percent of the audience they're believers in Gardner Minshew. They say yes, Gardner Minshew will lead the Eagles to a victory on Saturday. So obviously, we'll continue talking about that. And I believe uh, Gardner Minshew will also lead the Eagles to a victory in Dallas as well. But now we welcome on the other TK. Tim Kelly, you can find him on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports, editorial director uh, at Phillies Nation, to talk a little fills with us and do a little uh, TK trivia at the end of the segment. Uh, Tim, how's it going, man? Happy Festivus to you. It's good. Happy holidays, man. Uh, so, Tim, let's start off uh, talking about the big development of the week, and it actually, you know, didn't. Uh, directly involved the Phillies, but the middle of the night, Tuesday night, Carlos Correa, the deal falls apart with the Giants. He ends up with the Mets. I mean, your thoughts on how much better this makes New York and how this really affects this division race? Yeah, I mean, the the Mets won 101 games this past season, and even though they've most of their starting rotation is gone, they've replaced it with Justin Verlander and a slew of really good pitchers, and now they add... Carlos Correa at third base. I think it would be hard to say they're not the NL East favorite and the National League favorite right now, 
but obviously you have the Phillies who won the pennant and or I think all of us would agree are a better team on paper in 2023 than they were at the beginning of 2022. And the Braves have won the division five years in a row. So uh, the Phillies don't see the Mets, I believe, till after Memorial Day, but those games are going to be electric. Yeah, that's that's a weird bit of scheduling. They don't see them too, uh, you know, till later in in the season there. And when you stack up these three teams in the division, obviously the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves, Tim, all of them very active this off season. Uh, who would you say had the best off season? And as of now, who would you say is the favorite in this division? I would say the Mets had the best off season. That doesn't always translate to who has the best on field success, but. Uh, I would say the Mets, I I think the Phillies, especially when you consider Bryce Harper is going to miss the first two months, and we'll see from there the season. The Phillies probably do come in at number three on the pecking order right now, but that's more indicative of how good this division is. Like You could potentially be talking about winning 92 or 93 games and being in third place in your division because you have two teams that won 101 games and will maybe be as good or even better next year. Uh, Tim Kelly joining us now, editorial director at Phillies Nation. You can find him on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports. And Tim, you look at this Correa situation; it, it's it, kind of odd the way that things worked out. Looked like he was signed uh, with the Giants, then a physical things fall apart. What do you think the disconnect really was there, and what do you think's the the big difference in the Giants not clearing him and and the Mets, you know, seeing nothing wrong with uh, Correa physically? Yeah, I, I just wonder if one or both sides got cold feet because, by all accounts. The news of what it sounds like it was a fibula injury that he had when he was a minor leaguer. Now, Carlos Correa has had an injury history in his major league career, but I don't think none of that was unknown to the Giants. It kind of felt like after they missed out on Aaron Judge, they had to sign a star because the Padres and Dodgers are two of the most star loaded teams in baseball, and the Giants kind of regressed. I'm not sure what happened in between the signing. It's a very shady thing that seems to happen where the Giants probably pulled out, but Carlos Correa maybe ended up at the team he probably preferred anyway, so maybe ends up better for him. And it just makes the National League and the National League East specifically that much more loaded or top-heavy at the very least. Yeah, there's no doubt, and it certainly makes this division really interesting, Tim. And when you look at things from a Phillies perspective here, um, I wanted to talk about what Scott Boris had to say this week, obviously one of the most powerful agents in Major League Baseball, and seemed to kind of make his pitch for Reese Hoskins and why he deserves a long-term deal in Philadelphia. Do you think this is something that could influence you know, John Middleton and Dave Dombrowski and ultimately – do you think they sign Reese Hoskins to a long-term deal here? I guess it depends what a long-term deal is. If it's a three- or four-year deal, then maybe it happens. If Reese Hoskins is looking at six or seven, I would be surprised. The problem you have is that you have so many DH first baseman type already under contract with Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper right now is a DH, Alec Bohm, you're still kind of thinking is maybe better at first base long-term or DH long-term. So, uh, the makeup of the roster may make it difficult. And the fact that you have so many guys now with Trey Turner and Real Muto on top of the names I just mentioned signed well into their 30s, I do wonder how many guys you can sign that deep into it. But it is kind of a keeping up with the Joneses with the Mets. If Steve Cohen keeps spending this money, uh, I, I don't necessarily know that John Middleton's going to want to make the team worse. And uh, for a, as many flaws as Reese Hoskins may have in terms of being streaky, and a poor defender at first base, 
it would be hard to replace his offensive production. So I think he's a, a situation that you allow to play out and you make that decision next offseason. Maybe you offer him the qualifying offer and he takes it. And if not, maybe you fall back like a, a guy like Josh Bell, who's a free agent this year. If you ended up with him as your first baseman for a couple of years rather than Reese Hoskins, you, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, Tim, and you mentioned uh, how they're going to deal without Bryce Harper and the importance of that through the first few months, at least this season. Do you think the Phillies, you know, just kind of try to fill that role with the pieces they have in-house, or do you think they go out and they sign somebody uh, to maybe be a designated hitter or play a little outfield in the first few months of the year? Yeah, I was talking about this with a few people from Phillies Nation yesterday. The problem the Phillies have is there's so many, like, set-in-stone players on the Major League roster right now that it's going to be hard to intrigue any veterans, whether it's like Nelson Cruz, that's just a name, or Mike Moustakis just got DFA'd yesterday. It's going to be hard to convince any of them to kind of take their flyer with the Phillies because there's just not that many at-bats to be had. So my guess is that Derek calls your DH against right-handed pitching, and then against left-handed pitching, you kind of rotate Castellanos, JT Realmuto, Reese Hoskins, I do think it's very important early in the season to get Real Muto off his feet. He played an insane amount of innings. He's playing in the World Baseball Classic. He is your best position player probably when uh, he's healthy, although Bryce Harper would have something to say about that. But it's important not to run him into the ground. So while Harper is out and not entrenched at DH, whether it's Real Muto DHs or Real Muto goes to first and Hoskins DHs, I do think some load management early in the season makes sense for him. Yeah, Tim Tim Kelly joining us now of Phillies Nation at Tim Kelly Sports on Twitter. And Tim, just one more for you uh, from a Phillies perspective. Uh, what else do you think they, they look to add now? Obviously, we talk about potentially a bat, uh, but where do you think they're really focusing their energy on? Because at least in my mind, uh, I think they need so, some more relievers. I think they really need to beef up this bullpen. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. You have some guys out there, like, uh, I don't know what it's going to cost for Craig Kimbrell, but taking a flyer on him if the price is right in terms of trying to get a bounce back might not be the worst idea. Uh, you're more into that market now where you're looking at veterans kind of looking to bounce back. I think the Phillies, and it's kind of a weird situation to be in because the last few years you had signing so late because that's how the market played out, and you had the lockout last year. They did most of their shopping early. Dave Dombrowski kind of set the market, and as you see how things played out with Correa and Xander Bogarts, that seemed to make sense. So I think their heavy lifting is probably over. But, yeah, I agree. Finding another reliever or two is probably what's left on the docket at this point. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the Phillies do the remainder of the uh, offseason here and what they add to the roster. But when we have Tim Kelly on, we do like to play uh, TK Trivia, and our producer, Buzz Wilson, has prepared some questions for us. So uh, what are we do? How, how, how do you want to uh, do this, Buzz? Who's going first in TK yeah, so, Trivia? So here's just how it's going to work. Uh, Tim is our guest on the show today, so he will get the first question. I've prepared uh, your each. There's four total questions. And we're going to rotate who gets the first crack at Hopefully it. the questions are better than last time. I, I've prepared them. <laughs> yeah, none of them are like, what's Tim's Twitter handle after you tease it five times this time? Uh, they are all, they're not about each other. They are all sports-related questions. And for anyone who's new to this game, all of the answers are people with TK initials. So, so that's the theme of the game here. 
to determine who the real T. Kelly here at Odyssey is. So the first question is going to go to Tim. If Tim does not get it correct, Tom, you will have a chance to steal. Question two will go to Tom first. Tom, if you get it incorrect, Tim will have a chance to steal. We'll go, we'll rotate, and in the event of a tie at the end, I do have an overtime question to settle it. Sound good to both of you? Sounds good. All right. All right. Tim, first question is to you, and you'll have approximately 10 seconds to answer before, you know, you have to give up. Uh, Tim, known for his time with the Bulls during their second three-peat in the 90s, this big man played 80 games as a 76er between 1999 and 2001. Tony Kukoc. Okay, so there we, you go. That was that was an easy one. All right, well, hopefully, Tom, you get this one. Uh, so he's up one nothing. Uh, most known for his time with the Yankees, this Philadelphia Eagles fan pitched in 13 games for the Dodgers in 2022. Dodgers and um, Tony Kelly. Or, you're wrong, Tim. Your chance to steal. <laughs> this is pretty obscure. Um, it's it's not Ty Kelly, is it? It is no, not. No, you're wrong. Uh, the correct answer to that one was Tommy Canely. Tommy um, Canely, oh. no, noted Eagles fan. So still one nothing, Tim. Didn't know he was an Eagles fan. Yeah, no, apparently has, according to our good pal Ricky Ricardo, tons of Eagles jerseys of course. Uh, around huh. the clubhouse. Uh, Tim, this question goes back to you. A one-time winner of WIP's Wing Bowl. This man was a six-time winner at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest in New York. Um, whatever Kobayashi's first name is. I don't know what his first name is. Need a first name. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. Uh, Takiro Kobayashi. Okay, well, there you go. Okay, Tom, your final chance here uh, as Tim leads one nothing. In addition to Ivan Provorov, this player was selected by the Flyers in the first round of the 2015 NHL draft. Travis Konechny. That was an easy one. So we won one. I thought those questions were pretty fair. So now we have <laughs> two two very easy ones, two very hard ones. Okay, I mean, well, you know, yeah. not there's not there's only so many TKs around there, you know. All right, so one one. Uh, this final question, closest to the pin, will give. Tim, the first crack at it. How many receiving touchdowns does Travis Kelsey have in his career? A hundred five. All right, Tom, your guess. I will say 76. Uh, Tom would be closer. It was 69. There you go. So Tom is the winner of uh, this edition of, of TK Trivia. Well, you don't have a jolly sound effect for it's that? It's a Festivus yeah. miracle! There you and go. And a Kramer sound effect. Well, uh, that, that was a, a fun... I, I would say better than last time as far as the questions from Dan. Still not great, though. What would there's, you again, there's only so many TKs. And, and to you, Tim, you I have a jolly sound effect. Love you, but you're doing a horrible job. Yeah. <laughs> we might just have to make a Kelly trivia at some point. Yeah, well, well that to, could be the next game. Yeah, we'll, we'll narrow this down a little bit, but good job, Dan. Tim, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes, man. Uh, have a have a great uh, holiday weekend. All right, you guys too as well. See you. All right, take it easy. That's Tim Kelly of, of Phillies Nation. Uh, Buzz, I do appreciate you uh, setting up the, the trivia. And, you know, well, you are the you're real... coming along better with the with the uh, trivia question. Well, you are the real T. Kelly around here as of right now. Well, we'll see uh, You know, we'll see how I fare in our next trivia segment coming that up. That was a little tune-up for Beat the Kelly at for, noon. Yeah, we're, we're getting ready for Beat the Kelly. And if anybody wants to get on for Beat the Kelly, just call Buzz and tell them. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get you up and you could be uh, the person to take me on at noon. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But getting back to the Eagles talk here and Eagles-Cowboys Saturday night in Dallas. Do you believe the Eagles are going to win this game? I do. I think Gardner Minshew is going to play well. I think the pieces around him 
are going to put him in a position to succeed. And I think when you look back last week, and so much of last week was about Micah Parsons and the comments that he made, I don't believe his sentiment was wrong. The way he said it, was it disrespectful? Sure. But his overall point was correct. The pieces the Eagles have enhanced the play of the quarterback. I think that'll happen for Gardner Minshew. And uh, I want to know how you feel about it and whether, in retrospect, uh, you feel like Micah Parsons, maybe there was a little more truth to what he was saying than what we wanted to admit last week. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Rich in Washington Township. What's up, Rich? Hey, Tom. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, man. How's it going? Good, good. I, you know, watching the Eagles games this year, you know, I, I suspected that the Eagles, while in the red zone, rely overly too much on running the ball for touchdowns. And I wanted to confirm that. So what I did was I compiled some, some statistics, and I found some pretty shocking numbers. Of the 36 touchdowns they scored in the red zone, 27 of them, or 75% of them, have been scored by the run, in which Jalen Hurts was accounting for 45% of their rushing touchdowns in the red zone. The Eagles are number one in the NFL in the red zone in getting rushing touchdowns. They're 50% ahead of their nearest competitor, the Cowboys. So going into this game with Garner Minshew, it's, it's very important, I think, for the Eagles and Nick Sirianni to draw up some kind of different plays. They probably have them in their offense. They just haven't really needed to use them. But they, they obviously have a menu of plays for, uh, for Garner Minshew uh, to throw the ball, which they didn't reveal before. Because if they think they're going to be able to just run the ball in the, in the red zone with Gardner Minshew, or, uh, you know, instead of Jalen Hurts. They're kidding themselves. Yeah, and, uh, and Rich, I, I don't think they're going to come out with just a run-based approach in this game. I, I think that's a misconception that some people have here. I think the Eagles are going to throw the ball a lot because you look at Minshew and the things that he does well, he's very good when he gets some rhythm. Those short, intermediate throws are, are where he, he is really proficient, and I'd expect – that to be an area where the Eagles really attack this Dallas defense, I think that can kind of keep Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, that pass rush, on its heels a little bit. If you're getting the ball out quick, staying on rhythm, and I'd expect that to be the approach. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they're gonna they're not gonna change their throwing. I think they're gonna see, you're gonna see Garner Minshew throw the ball. They're gonna do the same thing: throw to get the lead, and just attack, attack, attack. But it's gonna be interesting to see what they do or how effective Minshew is. In the red zone, because, you know, like I pointed out earlier, Eagles have relied so much on Jalen Hurts' legs uh, to score in the red zone. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see it, when they are in the red zone, uh, how their offense is going to translate into points. Yeah, no doubt about it, Rich. And I appreciate the call. And I would agree that is probably where they're going to miss Jalen the most is in the red zone when he is a threat with his legs, because that is, you know, the the piece of his game that really poses a unique threat to a defense is you can have those read option concepts where you're either handing it off inside or taking it around the corner. You're kind of reading that edge defender. Uh, Gardner Minshew can do that to a degree, but he's doing that to roll out and throw the football. He's not doing that to keep it and run. And in the red zone, that is where Jalen has been very productive. And, And I also think another area where you look at missing Jalen Hurts and where this could affect the Eagles is in the quarterback sneak game. I mean, Jalen Hurts is tremendous in short yardage, getting behind the offensive lineman, getting behind Jason Kelsey, and picking up those one-two yards that you need. Gardner Minshew, I'm not sure he has that same kind of power 
in the quarterback sneak game in short yardage. So I do think that's another area where it will affect the Eagles. But I don't think, in general, the offense is going to change that much. I think Minshew's going to be able to do a lot of the things Jalen Hurts can do. Um, will they make some subtle adjustments? Sure. But I don't think this is a situation where Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen need to completely overhaul this offense in order for them to succeed on Saturday night. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. LC, Dan Dan, we'll get you guys when we get back. And we will also do a little bathtub time machine uh, as we look back on memorable times in Dallas when an Eagles backup quarterback has gone down there and had success. So we'll do that coming up next as well. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie on this Festivus Friday uh, leading you in to Christmas weekend. Um, Dan, how do you feel about Christmas being on the weekend? Like, I mean, you don't technically celebrate Christmas. So yeah, I guess but it's, it's a, a little Hallmark different. holiday and it still right. affects how everything in the world gets scheduled. So it still impacts everyone. Jewish people are non-Christmas celebrators alike. True. Um, how do I feel about it on the weekend? Yeah, like, I, I don't really like a weekend Christmas. Like I like you, a midweek Christmas. Like you want it to break up more of the week. Yeah, I'd like it to break things up a little bit. I can I see that. Yeah. Although I like the idea of like the Christmas Eve. Like I, every so often this happens where you get like red zone and a bunch of NFL games on the 24th and then you get a Sunday triple header Christmas. Like from a football perspective, I like it. Yeah, I like the way they're doing it where most of the games are on Saturday. You still got games on Sunday, even though it's a shame they couldn't like flex some of them because the Sunday games are pretty terrible. Yeah, no, honesty. because that you can't do it across days usually right. unless they leave that stipulation like when they moved Eagles Dallas to Saturday last year, but no, I like the idea of like two days on a weekend like you have the Saturday full of games. So to answer your question of do I like it on a weekend? I don't necessarily have a preference. I can understand the take though of let's say it's on a Wednesday then like people are taking off the whole week, things like that for us here in radio, it oftentimes means that we get to fill in in, in day parts such That's as true. the That's midday show, that, it, yeah. which is nice about it. So we're getting like this Friday show, but if it's on a Wednesday, we're probably getting like a full week of shows because no one's coming in. Right. That's a good point. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But uh, happy holidays to everybody out there. Hopefully everybody uh, gets to enjoy their weekend. Hopefully the Eagles make it more enjoyable with a victory on Saturday night. 215-592-9494. But want to know how you believe the Eagles are going to perform, how you believe Gardner Minshew is going to perform in this game on Saturday. I think he's going to play well, and I think the Eagles are going to win. I think the Eagles win this game 33-27. I think they put up a lot of points. Um, I think the offense functions uh, pretty similarly. Dowd has with Jalen Hurts. Uh, not to take anything away with what Jalen has done. I know people get very sensitive about that. Uh, but Gardner Minshew, I certainly think, is capable of performing at a high level and executing uh, with the pieces on this offense surrounding him. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Go to LC. What's up, LC? Yes, good morning. I'm a relatively new listener and a first-time caller. I don't do social media, and I usually don't call into radio shows such as yours, but uh, after the call from a while back from a somewhat irate listener, I just wanted to say a word or two in your defense, Tom. Okay. 
You said nothing wrong or disrespectful toward Jalen Hurts. And being the incredibly talented player, a gentleman, and such a mature and level-headed professional well beyond his years as he is, I believe he would take no offense to your expressing confidence in Menchu as his backup. As such, and being a unique player in his own right, I think Menchu will rise to the challenge and play an excellent game. This is a golden opportunity for him under unfortunate circumstances. I think the defense will play as well as they have all season and devil the bejesus out Prescott to the tune of two, maybe three turnovers, no less than one of which the Eagles will take advantage of and maybe even produce a pick six. Yeah, and, and, and that that's the way I, I see it, LC. And it's not a negative toward Jalen. It's just the fact that I think this team is all. this team is that good. Like the Eagles team as a whole is that good where if you were throwing in, you know, Ian Book, who's now the backup, if that's the guy who's playing, then okay, maybe that would change things a little bit. But Gardner Minshew is no scrub here. I mean, this is a guy who could start, uh, I believe, on a lot of teams in the league right now. Absolutely, and despite his uh, perceived inability to throw the long ball, I think Sirianni will not limit him to the running game, but will instead mix it up equally and keep the Cowgirls on their toes. Uh, With that, I would say that the Eagles will walk away with a win, and I'm going to say probably 27-17 will be the final. That's that's my uh, two cents. (laughs) Yeah, and I I appreciate the call, LC. And, yeah, I mean, it could be that kind of game. I think this is a game where – you know, Dallas will probably score a, a few more points than that. Um, that Dallas offense is talented. Like, regardless of, of what we think of Dak and, and some of the, the pieces they have and, and the coaching staff, that's a talented offense, and I think they're going to put up points. But I think the Eagles are going to be able to put up points too, and I think uh, this is likely to be a pretty high-scoring game. Let's go to Dan in Delaware. What's up, Dan? Yo, fellas. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Dallas week has got me pumped. It's the best two weeks of the football year. My family roots for two teams, who, uh, the Bur- obviously the Birds and then whoever Dallas is playing. There you so, go, Dan. In regards to Gardner Minshew, I agree. I, um, a lot of people might not remember when he played for the Jaguars. That guy who called an hour ago definitely didn't remember. Gardner Minshew is a gamer. This dude has multiple 300-yard games on his resume, multiple multi-touchdown games. Um, this is not just going to be a, a game manager hand the ball off. Um, a lot of people might not know this either. This is a chance for Gardner Minshew to audition for the rest of the league uh, for next year when he's a free agent. And I, I truly believe that he, he will start for about 10 teams in this league right now. Yeah, um, I mean, Dan, I'm just watching I'm watching that Jets-Jaguars game last night. Oh, absolutely. And you watch Zach Wilson. It's like Gardner Minshew's, uh, I mean, 10 times better than Zach Wilson is. Oh, he would start for Houston. He would start for the Jets. He would start for the Titans. I mean, I could go down the list, but that's not, I mean, we already know that part. Um, but also, on top of it, his mentor and longtime friend just died. So I, I think he's going out for, uh, to win one for Leach, if you really ask me. You know what I mean? He's going to go out there, and don't be surprised, Eagles fans, if he throws for 300 and three touchdowns. And there will be no controversy because Hurts is the future. Hurts is the franchise. Please don't, Eagles fans, don't get upset when people start cheering, you know, for Gardner Minshew because uh, we still love Hurts, and both can be true, right? Yeah, no doubt about it, Dan. I, I appreciate the call, and that that's that's the whole point of this. Is like it doesn't need to be one or the other, and this is what kind of bothers me a little bit. Like if you praise Gardner Minshew or you express confidence in Gardner Minshew, when people take that as if you know you're taking away from anything Jalen has done, that's not the case at all. Jalen's been tremendous. Jalen Hurts 
is, I think, one of the three to five best players in football this year. Would he be my MVP? No. I mean, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player in football. I think Patrick Mahomes, especially what he's done this year, after you take Tyreek Hill off that offense, you know, to me, Patrick Mahomes has been the most valuable player. It doesn't mean Jalen Hurts hasn't been extremely valuable and extremely important. He's been critical to what this team has done. But it doesn't mean that they can't have success putting somebody else who's capable in there. Gardner Minshew is not a scrub. Gardner Minshew is not a bum. He is going to be able to run this offense proficiently, and I think he'll be able to have success uh, the way many other Eagles backup quarterbacks have had success in Dallas over the course of the years. And with that, it is time for the bathtub time machine as we are filling in on the midday show today. And obviously, I am not Joe to camera as those bubbles. Uh, Do we think he's in the bathtub here. right now on his day off? I don't want to think about Joe in the bathtub. I don't want to think about the bathtub. Moshe's giving me a thumbs up right now. I don't want to think about Mo- uh, Joe being in the bathtub or, or Are you, anything like when that. When was the last time you took a bath? I don't take baths. I take showers. You've I'm, never I'm taken a, a bath? Man. I don't take. I mean, grown-ups don't take baths unless they are Joe. I just want to know when was the last time you got in a bath? I cannot remember. You don't even know. I honestly can't remember. Okay. I gave my son a bath the other day. Okay. That's the closest I've been to That's a the bath. closest you've been to a bath. Right. But I gave him I couldn't a bath. tell you the last time I took a bath either. Yeah, it's, it's just kinda kinda gross. Not but, a top guy. But obviously I'm not Joe. I'm not taking a bath, but we are looking back at Eagles Cowboys history here. And I thought it was apt with Gardner Minshew getting the ball, Gardner Minshew making the start on Saturday, to look at notable times throughout Eagles Cowboys history when a backup has gone down to Dallas and gotten the job done. And we obviously start In 2006, a very memorable day, Jeff Garcia going to Dallas, the NFC East on the line, the Eagles clinch the division, Garcia uh, throws for 238 yards, a touchdown, only completes 15 passes in this game. Uh, You know, you think back, I thought that it was a bigger statistical day for Jeff Garcia, but a really efficient game. The Eagles defense dominate, dominates, and the Eagles beat the Cowboys on Christmas Day 23-7. to Jeff Garcia, obviously, the memorable Merry Christmas Philadelphia in the post-game interview, and that's the first example of a backup going down to Dallas and kicking the Cowboys' ass uh, back in 2006. Next, we will go to 2013 where the Eagles' final week of the season, playing the Cowboys Sunday night football, the NFC East division on the line. Nick Foles at this point was the starting quarterback, but was the backup to begin that year. Michael Vick gets hurt. Foles comes in, takes over the reins. And if you remember the week before, the Eagles dominate the Chicago Bears. I think they hung 54 on Chicago in what turned out to be a meaningless game. But that final week of the regular season down in Dallas, Nick Foles against Kyle Orton making the start for the Cowboys. Tony Romo out for this game. Brandon Boykin, the game-winning interception in, man, that's a blast from the past, in Chip Kelly's first season in Philadelphia, clinches the division in Chip's first year in 2013. The Eagles punched their ticket to the playoffs and unfortunately uh, would lose the following week to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but the Eagles get the win in 2013 with Nick Foles at the helm, clinching the NFC East. That's our second example of a backup quarterback going down to Dallas and getting the job done. And our third example 
a game that, that you look back on and may not remember fondly because the season kind of fell apart after this game. But at the time, it was tremendous. Thanksgiving Day in Dallas 2014. Mark Sanchez, who took over uh, that year for an injured Nick Foles. The Eagles go down to Dallas. They're 8-3 at the time. And they whoop up on the Cowboys, 33-10. to Sanchez throws for 217 yards and a touchdown. Uh, LaShawn McCoy runs wild in that game, 159 yards. The Eagles win 33-10. to Unfortunately, after that, the season kind of went off the rails. The Eagles stumbled down the stretch, finished just 1-3, and uh, missed the playoffs with a 10-6 and record that year. Uh, but the Eagles dominate the Cowboys in 2014. So recent precedent here, recent history for Eagles backup quarterbacks going down to Dallas and getting the job done. 2006, 2013, 2014, Jeff Garcia and Nick Foles, Mark Sanchez. There you go. So history's on our side here is what, is what it sounds like. History is on our side. When backup quarterbacks play in Dallas, the Eagles typically Who win. are some of the backup quarterbacks the Cowboys have thrown at the Eagles? There was Ben DiNucci. There was... Well, I just mentioned the 2013 one, Kyle Orton. Kyle, Orton, Kyle Orton, Orton played. Yes, yes. The Brandon Boykin pick, you, you mentioned it. There's There was another backup. Like, there have been a lot of bad Eagles quarterbacks, DiNucci. or uh, Cowboys quarterbacks, I should say, thrown up as backups They played uh, in Eagles games. The, the Red Rifle a couple years ago. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. In 2020. It, there's actually a lot of, there have been a lot of late season Eagles-Cowboys matchups where one team does not have a healthy quarterback. Like, how often does that actually happen? Yeah, no, th- there's no doubt that that, that is, uh, that, that is you know, uh, a theme between these two teams is typically there's a lot of backup quarterback play. And yeah, Tony Romo was out for that 2013 uh, finale. That was when he had that back injury that, you know, there's a little uh, conflicting reporting uh, going into that game. But uh, that, it was, you're talking did, about the 6 nothing, uh horror, the worst game ever played? Oh, the Nate, well, no, the Nate Sudfeld game? What are you talking about? Nate Sudfeld was unstoppable that day. Yes, Jeff Lurie said so. They yeah. scored zero points, but the guy was unstoppable. He quite literally got stopped every time. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But uh, uh, the Eagles, they have had success going down to Dallas, backup quarterbacks before. I think that trend continues this week. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 to join the show. Get your calls when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, filling in for the Midday Guys, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Friday uh, midday show. Filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. And uh, talking obviously a lot about the Eagles and Cowboys uh, coming up Saturday night. Eagles an opportunity to clinch home field advantage here. And I think they're going to go down there. I think they're going to win. I think Gardner Minshew is going to play well. And a lot of reason for that is because of the supporting cast. And obviously, this Eagles roster is, is loaded. I mean, absolutely loaded. And that was reflected when the Pro Bowlers were announced the other night. And Nick Sirianni is pretty cool. The Eagles tweeted this out. Nick Sirianni announcing to the team the players elected the Pro Bowl and the alternates. Uh, Here was that sound.
And I thought it was a really cool video. They show you behind the scenes and Sirianni announced that to the team. But I look at that list. I don't think that's enough. Like Javon Hargrave and James Bradbury. I don't know what world in which they're not having Pro Bowl seasons. Hargrave has what? Double digit sacks at this point? You heard someone yell out should be like shouldn't be an alternate. And Sirianni goes, yeah, I agree. Right. He should. Absolutely. Bradbury. The only reason Bradbury's stats aren't better is because people don't really throw at him. I mean, you're not going to throw at James Bradbury at this point because he's been so good on that side. Josh Sweat, I think, is borderline, the impact that he has made on that defensive line. And, you know, that goes back to the, the whole point in terms of, of why this team can still get the job done on Saturday and, and why I believe they will and why it's not, it's not a negative toward Jalen again. But you look at how talented this roster is. Eight pro bowlers. They probably should have had 10 or 11. You know, nine alternates. Uh, what other team in the NFL, and Dan, I am i don't know if you know if this is a, a fact or not, but I would highly doubt there's any other team in the NFL where all five of their offensive linemen are either a pro bowl or an alternate. I would believe that to be true. I have not verified that myself either, but that's pretty rare in any season, let alone this one. Yeah. I mean, it's just a loaded roster, and again, not to detract from Jalen, not to take away from what he's done, but it shows that, that this team is is that good, and, and it's a big part of the reason why I think they're going to go down there and take care of business. They How many teams, by the way, do you think, like 17 pro bowlers or alternates that a third of the roster is like in either all-star consideration or on the team? Like, right. And we're saying it might not even be enough. Right. I mean, it, like... That's eight, a third of the team. <laughs> right. Like, eight, I don't think there's any doubt. Like, eight's not enough. Ten feels right because Hargrave and Bradbury deserve to be on there. Sweat, I think, is one where there's an argument. He's got seven and a half sacks. There are a lot of good pass rushers, but, I mean, you can't argue with any of the eight that actually did make it. And, and Hargrave and Bradbury, absolutely. And, of course, not a real Pro Bowl this year. They're just doing, like, a skills contest or a game in flag football, but it's like the honor of going to Vegas. Right. It's Well, well, it's not the honor. It's the bonus. It's well, it's the money the, but yeah, the that's why they care. Yeah. No, yeah. no one walks around saying, I'm a Pro Bowler. Yeah. And and just, that's not enough. Yeah, yeah, there are meaningful incentives in those contracts. And, uh, yeah, I feel for those guys that didn't get on because uh, Hargrave and Bradbury certainly should have. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to uh, Mitchell in Arkansas. What's up, Mitchell? All right. So, Tom, before I talk about Eagles, I need to ask you because Dan and I have been going to school together since we were in elementary school. So this is a this is a tradition. I call in on a festivist every year. It's his holiday. Okay. I make it a holiday for me to call in. Give me your grievance about Dan. I'll give you I'll give you mine, but I need to get, I, need, I need to hear yours about producer Dan. My grievance about Dan Wilson. Um, I I don't really like his 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 social media presence, Mitchell. I think he has some some really uh, cringeworthy tweets. Would be what I'd say about Dan, probably. He, he he thinks his humor is funny. There's a very, very small audience. There's a very niche audience. Every once in a while, I get a laugh out of it. No, sometimes, I, will you, I will say sometimes he, he does some, some good stuff, but most mostly it's cringeworthy. I, I will give you mine, which is that I have now gone to lunch with him each of the last years when I've been back on Thanksgiving. Uh, last year, he ordered chocolate milk. This year, it was hot chocolate. And then when they came with the hot chocolate, he needed to get an extra plate so he could scoop off the whipped cream. Um, so where is where is this? A, just a what, what kind of setting is this? Is this we a went, dinner? We went, went to went to a, a lunch. We went went to lunch both both times at like oh, breakfast okay. breakfast brunch lunch places type thing. But we're you know we, I think we're uh, what we're adults now. Is that is chocolate milk and hot chocolate out of the 
out of the question. I mean, I, I, I got to say, I don't, I don't hate chocolate milk, Mitchell. I, I like, I like I, a good chocolate milk, especially I, I with I breakfast, brunch. I can't hate on that. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't hate on it. It's just, it, 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 it is, it is on brand. But mm. my, my Eagles thing is, why didn't Michael Parsons wait till today to air his grievance? I mean, I know he's got his thing about, you know whatever system quarterback, honestly, like I, I, I'm not exactly sure what the best way to prove his point wrong is. Whatever it is, I hope it happens. Does that mean Gardner Minshew just goes off and that it, I, I don't, I don't really know how the Eagles are going to prove it. I just think they're going to prove his point wrong somehow. I, I'm, I, I haven't figured out, do we, do we have an idea of what the best way to prove Micah Parsons' point that Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback or whatever he wants to call it. What's well, the best way to prove him wrong? Well, Mitchell, I hear you and I appreciate the call. This is this is the the interesting part of this. It's almost like Micah Parsons, maybe he's a genius and, and saw this Hurts injury coming and is playing like three dimensional chess because the best the best way to prove Micah Parsons wrong would be for Gardner Minshew to play awfully and the Eagles to lose. Like if Gardner Minshew goes out and lights it up and plays really well. Micah Parsons, even in a loss, can take a victory lap. So you think Micah Parsons is a genius with a ton of foresight here? I mean, he he wins both ways in this scenario. Like, in which does he way, really want to be correct though? Like, no, I don't think he does. I don't think he really he care he cares. Like, he doesn't want to lose the game. But in the end, I mean, it's kind of a win win for him. Like, either he plays awfully and the Cowboys probably win, or he plays great and it's like, yeah, Hurts is just another system guy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you, you think he'll be, he probably wouldn't be happy, but he would be validated in a sense. So the best case scenario is Minshew plays poorly and the Eagles win anyway. Right. The The best case scenario, and I don't really see that happening. I think if Minshew, if the Eagles win, Minshew's going to have to play well. well remember, remember when the Eagles played on Christmas against the Raiders and Foles played terribly and they won anyway? Right. Like, what if it was that kind of situation? Yeah, I just don't see that that play. I don't see it playing that out that way. repeating itself. Right. I think, like, it's it's just... It's just funny to me that all last week we are just hammering Micah Parsons. And I honestly, even last week, I didn't think what he said was that bad. Like, if you really listen to it, it wasn't that. He didn't say Jalen Hurts sucks. He didn't say anything like that. It wasn't that egregious what he said. But it's just funny that everybody freaks out about it last week. And now, basically the best case scenario is for Micah Parsons to at least on Saturday look 100% right. Is if Gardner Minshew comes out throws for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and the Eagles win. And then it's, yeah, you know, Jalen Hurts, system quarterback, system and team, scheme, coaching, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he'd be validated at least that day. It is possible to have a good backup with your starting quarterback still playing at an MVP type of level when he goes down. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we literally saw it five years ago. No, I know. So yeah. I don't think, does that really validate Parsons, though? Like, does that really take away from the impressiveness of Hurts if his team is also good? To me, it wouldn't. But I think from an outsider's viewpoint, I mean, if Parsons wants to make that it's case... Le- it's less of a team that he has to uplift because he's got talent around him. Right. If Parsons wants to make that case, I don't know if you could tell him, you know, necessarily he's wrong. Uh, 215-592-9494. Let's get uh, Giovanni from Willow Grove in here. What's up, Giovanni? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. Remember yeah. me from uh, a few weeks back? Uh, I, I, I'm sure I, I remember talking to you, Giovanni. Yeah, I was the guy who was telling God bless you guys, but I just have a few questions for you guys. Sure. So, yeah, we got a backup quarterback coming in. Kind of, it kind of, kind of get me nervous before we watch. But, um, I think Minshew is going to do pretty well. But like you were saying, like, 
we got we, – I mean, of course we want to prove Michael Parsons wrong, but we don't like that guy at all, you know. Um, so so what do you think – how do you think Minshew's going to perform? I think he's going to play well, Giovanni. I mean, he's he's played well in the past. Um, you know, the Eagles have a coaching staff and, and talent on this roster that I think is going to enable him to play well. I think they'll have a good game plan, and, and I think Minshew's capable of executing it. Yeah. So I had another question. So um, instead of social media, what do you think um, – how do you think Jalen Hurts is going to win MVP? Like, do you think he's still winning MVP since he's hurt now? Uh, do I think he wins MVP? And I appreciate the call, Giovanni. Um, I mean, I honestly think Jalen was probably not going to win it before the injury. I would say the odds are pretty long now. Now, who knows? I mean, maybe it does help his case if Minshew comes out and doesn't play well and the Eagles lose and he comes back against the Saints and lights it up and the Eagles, the Eagles win. Um, but, you know, I would say he's probably second or third in line for that award. Uh, and as I said before, like, I think Patrick Mahomes should win the MVP. And if you want to get in on that, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, in the next couple hours of the show, we can talk about the MVP award and whether Jalen deserves it. I think Jalen deserves strong consideration, but if I'm voting, I'm voting for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player to his team in the league. I think it's been that way for a while, um, and I think it's that that remains the case this year, especially when you look at what he has done after Tyree Kill's been taken away. Uh, I would vote for Patrick Mahomes at this point. 215-592-9494. But when we get back, uh, in place of beat the hammer today, beat the Kelly. Uh, so if you want to get in, you want to compete against me and beat the Kelly, call in right now. Uh, we'll get you up, and you will face me and beat the Kelly. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Joe DeCameron and John Ritchie, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie on this Festivus Friday. We will have some uh, fun Festivus topics coming up uh, for the rest of the show. We'll air some grievances a little later on. But obviously, a lot of Eagles-Cowboys discussion so far. Talking about this big Christmas Eve game. Do you believe the Eagles go down, beat the Cowboys, clinch home field advantage uh, with Gardner Minshew at the helm? I think they will. I think the Eagles will win this game. I think the offense is going to perform well. And I don't think there's going to be a huge drop-off. And that's not to kind of take away from what Jalen Hurts has done this year, how he's played. He's been phenomenal. But I do believe in the talent surrounding uh, the quarterback on this team, the receivers, the offensive line, the coaching staff, I think Gardner Minshew will be capable of executing this offense, winning this game. And I think there's a little more truth to what Micah Parsons said last week than a lot of us want to admit. So talking about that, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Update on our Twitter question of the day. At Tommy Kelly 44 on Twitter, uh, it's brought to you by Armin Chevrolet, wishing their employees, customers, and WIP listeners happy holidays. Find new roads to Armin Chevrolet closer than you think. Uh, do you believe Gardner Minshew will lead the Eagles to a victory in Dallas? 86% of the audience saying yes. So obviously we'll continue talking a lot about Eagles, Cowboys throughout the rest of the show, but it is a Friday. It is noon. No Joe to camera today, 
But we are doing uh, not beat the hammer, but beat the Kelly. Beat the Kelly. It's time for beat the Kelly on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, thank you for that open there, Buzz. So it is Beat the Kelly. Beat the Kelly, yeah. yeah. Not beat, to be confused with Beat the Hammer. Not to be confused with Beat the Beat the Hammer. So uh, our contestant today will be Troy from the Northeast. Troy will be facing me and Beat the Kelly. What's going on, Troy? What's going on, Tom? So, uh, so Tom, are you the backup man? Are you the backup QB? Um, yes, I'm the Gardner Minshew today. <laughs> I'm Gardner Minshew. We'll see if I can get the job done or if you're going to, uh, you know, be Micah Parsons against me. Uh, but, okay, well, we'll see, brother. But what are we doing now, Dan? So now is when I exit the studio, correct? Well, so I'm going to explain. Troy, have you ever played Beat the Hammer before or ever listened to it? I've listened to it, never played. Okay, so as you know, and for any listeners listening for the first time, I'm going to ask you both a series of five questions. In a moment here, Tom is going to step into the soundproof booth. I will ask the questions to Troy. We'll see how many of five he gets. Tom will then re-enter the studio, and I'll ask you the same five questions. Pretty simple. Who gets more correct? There's an overtime question, again, should it come to it? Uh, And today, Troy will be playing for a $50 gift card to Smashburger. Do we have any questions from either of you? I, okay. I I think I think I'm good. So Troy's good. I'm good, and I'll uh, I'll exit and, and we'll get the game playing started. the role of John Ritchie today. We have Mike Angelina, senior producer of 94 WIP. He will be in charge of the clock. Uh, and again, Troy, you have 55 seconds to answer these questions. As will Tom. You can either answer, uh, attempt to answer, which will either be correct or incorrect, or you can elect to pass, which means I'll circle back to it because you're on a time constraint. Okay. Okay. Got All right. Sounds, sounds good. So sounds Tom's going to step well, out. I will step out. We're going to wait for him to get into the soundproof booth. As Seltzer would always say, scram here. Uh, only two people left in the studio right now. Troy, are me, and Mike Angelina. We're going to wait for Tom to get to a place where he cannot hear us on the air. Troy's not here, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Troy, uh, Troy is here on the air with us. All right, Troy, he is uh, in the soundproof booth. Are you ready to play some Beat the Kelly? Yes, sir. All right. Again, clock will start when I, you know, answer or when I ask the first question. You have 55 seconds on the clock. It is the final beat the hammer or beat the Kelly of the year. Uh, so that we're going to go a little 2022 Philadelphia sports. You ready, Troy? Yes, sir. All right. Question number one: Two different players scored touchdowns for the Eagles in the 31 to 15 playoff loss in Tampa on January 16th. Name one of them. Um, I'm going to say Goddard. How many games did the Phillies win during the 2022 regular season? This is past season? Yes. Uh, 87? The Sixers received one additional player from the Brooklyn Nets in the blockbuster trade for James Harden. Name him. Additional player. They got, um, they got, uh, what was his name? Woo! Why am I drawing a blank? Pass, pass. The Flyers, name the Flyers interim head coach who ultimately bridged the gap between Elaine Vigneault and John Tortorella. Uh, Gabe. The Philadelphia Union lost in penalty kicks in this year's MLS Cup Final. What team did they lose to? Los Angeles. More specifically? Los Angeles uh, Union. FC, FC. I'll give it to you there. You got LAFC. So that is a two out of five just before the buzzer here. So we're going to put you on hold here, Troy. We're going to wave Tom Kelly back into the studio, and uh, we're going to see how he does. So, again, Tom making his way back into the studio here. So we wait for him. He's got a grin on his face. He does, yeah. He's feeling confident, much like the hammer often does. 
I'm nervous about this. How, how did Troy do? Did, uh, we don't oh, answer those or, kinds of questions. No, I know, I know that, but I'm just trying to get a tell. No, no, we're not going to tell you that. Okay. All right. Tom, today's topic, because it is the end of your wrap-up show in many ways, the final Beat the Hammer of the year, and Beat the Kelly in this case, 2022 in Philadelphia sports. Again, last week they did 2022 in sports for Joe to camera. This is 2022 in Philadelphia sports specifically. Okay. Are you ready? You have 55 wow. seconds. The clock will begin after I ask the first question. I am ready. Okay. Two different players scored touchdowns for the Eagles in the 31-15 playoff loss in Tampa on January 16th. Name one of them. Um, Quez Watkins. How many games did the Phillies win during the 2022 regular season? 87. The Sixers received one additional player from the Brooklyn Nets in the blockbuster trade for James Harden. Name him. Uh, pass. Name the Flyers' interim head coach who ultimately bridged the gap between Elaine Vigneault and John Tortorella. Coach Mike Yo. The Philadelphia Union lost in penalty kicks in this, year's, in this year's MLS Cup Final. What team did they lose to? LAFC. The Sixers received one additional player from the Brooklyn Nets in the blockbuster trade for James Harden. Name him. Oh, my God. Why, why am I struggling to come up with this guy? Um, it's James Harden and... A three to two victory for Tom Kelly. Oh, well, I, I'm still annoyed by that question, um, but uh, so I, I so I, I won. Troy got two of them. We welcome I Troy back. It was, I didn't Google it either. Uh, who was it, Troy? Millsap. Paul Millsap was, was the correct answer. Oh. I was just going to come back to it, but I didn't run out. I ran out of time. <laughs> so wh which ones did you get, Troy? I got the one you got, FC, and I got the 87 wins. I didn't get the uh, yo guy. Okay. I told him I wasn't a good flyer. Uh, sports trivia, but you know, hey, you won, you beat me, man. You're the better man. Well, good, good match, Troy. I, I appreciate you participating, and um, you know, appreciate you chiming in today. Thanks, Tom. Listen, you guys have a great holiday, man, and uh, you guys behave yourself. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Troy. I will say, I almost slipped up on that soccer question. I almost said the LA Galaxy. But okay, so he LA got caught because when I asked him the question, Troy, he said LA, and there's two LA right. MLS teams, so I couldn't let that slide. Right. And then when I said, and then he barely got it. He he said L.A. Union. It clearly, he knew the Philadelphia team was the Union. Quickly corrected himself. I gave it to him. But he had to be pushed a little bit to get LAFC. But nevertheless, a 3-2 to two win for uh, Tom Kelly and his Beat the Kelly day. So I'm undefeated. 1-0 and Beat the Kelly. How about that? So I also think this is a point of clarification. They're a lot like the Los Angeles Lakers, L.A. Clippers. It's one's Los Angeles, one's L.A. Correct. It's uh, yes. It's oh, L.A. Really? We're like the, or, like the the Clippers aren't the Los Angeles Clippers. They're just the L.A. Clippers, and that's the case with the L.A. Galaxy. Wait, is that true? Yes. I but they know. but they have jerseys that say Los Angeles on them. I don't think they do. They at least recently have. <laughs> I thought they did as well. I didn't know this either. Are you wait, sure wait, wait, about wait. this, Mike? Check any like if you check okay. the standings. It's just it's the wait, LA but the Clippers. the Clippers like in recent memory. I don't know about. I can't say that I remember this year specifically, but I know I've seen them wear Los Angeles jerseys. Yeah, I maybe it was I'd a bomber change then. I, I I don't know when this went into effect, but I know um, I just know from like a Big Daddy Quizzo question. That's it's the L.A. Clippers. I mean, Mike is right. I'm looking at the standings right now, and it says L.A. Clippers. I never knew. But in that. the Lakers, it's Los Angeles. Lakers. Yeah, it does. So okay, so wait, so but LAFC soccer teams. No, it's Los Angeles FC and it's L.A. Galaxy. Okay, interesting. A little soccer nugget for a little soccer. So when he said L.A. We, we don't really that actually he actually was, was, was wrong. wrong. He was okay. he was actually incorrect. So. Yeah. 
I guess that could be a point of contention as well. But it could be. It's still a two to one victory though, because we both because you both got what I got. I, L.A. Los Angeles. We'll give it to you. He got L.A.F.C. I'm impressed you got that one. Thank you. Yes, I I, I, I thought that would have been like the stumper for most callers and yourself, but you both got it. Well, you know I'm big as a soccer guy in town. Big, big, exactly. big soccer guy, Tom Kelly. Yeah, I'm a huge soccer. You, you even tweeted a picture of me watching. I was enthralled by that. You World were Cup locked final into that week. World Cup final. I know it's a good game. I was just fascinated with what they were going to do about the the Eagles game. I'm going around to everybody. Like, what are they going to do if the, this is still going on with the Eagles game? Yeah, well, it led right into Eagles Bears. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, the Paul Millsap thing that was driving me nuts, though. I, I just could not remember the other. Part I thought it was a good question because we needed five it questions, was. and like I was like, "What was the highlight for the Sixers this year?" It was that, but everyone remembers the Harden aspect of the trade. Who's the other guy they got? They were good questions. I will give Mike credit. He's the only reason I knew the Flyers won is because he'd constantly be talking about I like coach the Yo. head coach, Mike Yo. Yes. Good exactly. call by you. Yes. So, uh, all right. Well, I'm 1-0 and beat the Kelly. And uh, You're retiring now? Going to go out on top? Next time I host the Friday Midday Show. You'll we'll do, do it again. We'll do it again. Sounds good. Yeah, Can't wait. Well, hopefully I can keep my streak alive. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But obviously talking a lot of Eagles-Cowboys. And uh, we will obviously break this game down a number of different ways throughout the show here. But uh want to know your your feelings on this game and, and, and your confidence level in this game as the Eagles Go into Dallas this weekend with Jalen Hurts under or Jalen Hurts out and Gardner Minshew under center. Uh, let's go to Christopher in California. What's up, Christopher? Hey, what's up? Good morning. Happy holidays. How you doing, man? Good. I just have a a concern based off a lot of the callers that were calling in. Uh, just kind of had my wheels turning in my head uh, with the decision the decision being made that Gardner Minshew is now the starting quarterback this week. And Jalen Hurts is uh, out and wanting to play, but was declined to play because of his injury. With A.J. Brown and uh, the coach being hired to coach Jalen Hurts, um, well, the playmakers and the coaches actually put their front foot forward to help Gardner Minshew succeed in this uh, in this game. Or, you know, there's going to be a lot of false starts. Perhaps the, the route running um, ain't going to be on a timely matter or drop balls. Um, I just want to see Gardner Minshew because I'm a huge Gardner Minshew fan. I want to see him succeed and uh, actually do well out there. Yeah, no, Christopher, and I I think he will. And I think, you know, this is a situation where there's so much talent on this team. I I don't think that the lack of reps will be a huge issue. I think it's beneficial that they've known for, you know, the course of the whole week here that Jalen's going to be out. Because despite what the Eagles said, I think they kind of knew the entire time Jalen was not going to play. Minshew's been getting the reps. He knows the offense. He's been in the offense for a long time. Uh, So I would expect him to come out and play well. Right, right. Can we count on all the other playmakers to go ahead and help Gardner? And uh, hopefully Gardner can help them out as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Christopher, and uh, appreciate the call. And yeah, I think, I think it's 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 a situation where uh, the talent around will help Gardner Minshew. And again, the Eagles will need to do things a little differently, but I don't think you need to like overhaul the offense. You know, and I think that's kind of been a, a bit of a misconception when you look at how things are going to change with Jalen being out. Like, obviously, you're gonna run different style, a a little bit of a different style. The quarterback run will not be as much of a factor, but that doesn't mean RPO is not a factor. Like Nick Foles, we know Nick Foles is not a very mobile guy, was not a quarterback who's going to run. He loved running the RPOs, and that's how you kind of, you could still read the defense, decide on the fly whether you're going to hand it off or throw the quick passing game, and that's what I think the Eagles are going to do. I think that is the style of offense 
that they are going to really incorporate in this game is the quick intermediate throws, you know, the the RPO game. Gardner Minshew did that well last year against the Jets, and I would expect that uh, to be a big a big part of the offense on Saturday. Uh, let's go to Aiden in Deptford. What's up, Aiden? Good afternoon, fellas, and uh, Merry Christmas to the WIP family. How you guys doing? You too, man. How you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm going to attack this from a football perspective, and then I'm going to go into a non-football perspective because, you know, I don't think a lot of people talk about this, and I get it because, you know, it's it's sensitive. But from a football perspective, just based on what I saw last night, we, we need to thank our lucky stars we have Gardner Minshew. I mean, did you guys see what happened last night? I mean, horrible, horrible football from the quarterback position. Aiden, I mean, Zach Wilson, I, can, you, can you imagine – what Jets fans must be thinking as as they pass on Justin Fields for Zach Wilson, he's terrible. Like I don't even think he's an NFL uh, quality quarterback, and I don't think this is not a situation where he's just young. I just think he stinks. Yeah, he's just not very good. And you know what? They could have traded down and got either Matt Jones or Micah Parsons. You know, yeah. that could have flipped the whole script. Yeah, I mean, it was it was honestly painful to watch the Jets offensively in that game last night. Well, I had to tune in because I got Evan Ingram on my fantasy team, so I kind of had no choice. Yeah, he had a big, a big catch at one point. <laughs> he did. Thank God for him. Um, now, as far as uh, the what I call what you guys call the uh, Minshew mania, I'm going to get a little brutally honest here. Like, I think there's certain uh, there's a certain segment of the, not just the Philadelphia population, but certain segments of the population nationwide that really, really want to see this guy succeed over Jalen Hurts. Now. Because I'm in a good mood today, I don't want to really get into all the details, but like I said, I think you guys are smart enough and old enough to connect the dots here. Like, I really think there's a certain segment of the population, for reasons I really don't want to dig into, that really want to see Minshew succeed over Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, Aiden, and I, I, I know what you're referring to. I mean, I don't right. know if that's 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 true oh, or not. Is. I it think is. Like, just based on the previous caller, like, I mean, I don't know him, obviously, but... You know, I, I can just tell. Like, you know, we really we can't turn a blind eye to this, but because Minshew is a good quarterback and this really isn't his fault, you know, you still root for the Eagles. Like, you don't root for him to fail because of the sociological aspect. But I'm telling you, when you uh, if you poll a lot of certain fans like myself, you know, we still had this in the back of our minds. But, but, but really Aiden, not but Aiden, Aiden who's, who's rooting against Jalen? Like, who's rooting against Jalen Hurts to succeed? Well, I don't believe I don't that to be could, true. Well, I don't think you could justify, you know, Jalen Hurts' critique at this point because I think he's the MVP over Mahomes, but that's a whole different discussion. But like I said, there's certain segments of the population that, you know, for whatever reason, um, want Minshew to succeed over Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's just the truth. Well, no, I get what you're – Aiden, I know, I know where you're going. I don't necessarily agree. Like, I think when you look at Gardner Minshew, and again, this is where – it's not mutually exclusive here. Like, you can compliment Gardner Minshew as a quarterback, and you can believe that Gardner Minshew is capable of running this offense and capable of succeeding within this offense, and at the same time, you know, believe Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. That's how I feel. I don't think a vote of confidence for Gardner Minshew is, you know, a criticism of Jalen Hurts or taking away what Jalen Hurts has, has done. It just shows the fact you have a good backup quarterback. And the Eagles, it's one of the spots on this team's roster where they always, always, always find a way to solidify that position. They always have a good backup quarterback. 
And people mocked Howie Roseman and mocked Jeffrey Lurie for the quarterback factory comments a couple years ago. Well, guess what? They were right. Like, they were right. They bring in multiple capable quarterbacks on this team every year. And that's why, you know, they drafted Jalen Hurts. When they drafted Jalen, drafted him to be a backup. They didn't draft him to be the starting quarterback. The way things worked out, it turned out to be a tremendous pick, and you got an MVP caliber quarterback in the second round of the draft. But, you know, a vote of confidence for Gardner Minshew, I don't agree that that means you're looking to take something away from Jalen Hurts. Uh, I just don't see it that way at all, and I don't think that's what, what people are doing when they are commending Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback, and I think Gardner Minshew is capable of running this offense and winning this game and, and you know, taking this team pretty far if need be down the line. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Lee, Cordell, Nick will get all you guys in the next segment. And we will also um, air some grievances because it is Festivus uh, it is a Festivus Friday, a Festivus for the rest of us. And Dan, we haven't properly celebrated. It's a white Festivus, by the way. Yet. I didn't know we were like. I, it's I just snowing. looked out. I just looked out the window two seconds ago, and the weather looks pretty nasty outside. It the is some is like frightful right now. That, that is for sure. No, it is some heavy snow here in Center City right now. Yeah. Like I knew it was supposed to be like a wintry mix or mostly rain, but this is like heavy snow that we're getting here at the moment on this Festivus. Yeah, the very festive time here on this Festivus. So everybody be careful out there on the roads, but we will celebrate Festivus uh, when we get back, and we'll also let you know how you can get involved really, as well. Really quick, just because I had a few people uh, reach out to me, uh, grievance, something Seltzer usually does during Beat the Hammer that I did not do, which is you both missed the question of who were the touchdown scores in that game. Yes. The answer for anyone listening, uh, Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell score the two touchdowns in that playoff game. Yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed either of those guys. So I was thinking receiver. Yeah, no, it was kind of because they were not memorable. They went down 31 nothing. They were both fourth-quarter touchdowns. So that's the answer to that. But, yeah, we're going to air some grievances here on the show on this festival. Yeah, so we'll do that coming up next. We'll let you know how you can get involved. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie, Sports Radio 94 W. And it is. It is a Festivus for the rest of us. My favorite holiday of the year. And, I mean, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Did you fan. get the pole out of the crawl space? I, the pole is is out of the crawl space. It is ready when I get home. And, and this is a special Festivus. Because, I, I, you know, my son is almost two years old now. Last year he was a little young. I can teach him the true meaning of the holiday spirit now. And st- we're going to see if he can pin me. You- <laughs> <laughs> Festivus does not on end until your son pins you. Right. Um, are you going to teach him how to uh, give out cards, donations to the Human Fund uh, to all your family and friends? Yes. I mean, the the, the Human Fund is is a great charity. A great charity. They, great they do charity. a lot of great work in the community. Yep. Uh, but Festivus is is such a such a great holiday. I think it trumps Christmas. It, it it really encapsulates the Christmas spirit how I see it. No gifts. No decorations. End of the year. You just let people know all the issues you have with them, all the things they've done to wrong you. And, I mean, what 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 could speak of the holiday season better than doing just that? No, it's it's a beautiful holiday. Uh, it's a it's definitely a Frank Costanza-like holiday. And we're going to air some grievances on the air right here. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll air some grievances. And uh, we decided to do uh, three grievances today. And if you want to call in with your grievance, uh, we'd love to get that from you a- a- as well here. But, Dan, why don't you start? How about you do your, uh, your, your grievances? So, yeah, we're going to do three grievances, one sports-related, one holiday-related, and one society-related. I'm going to start with my sports grievance. Okay. 
This is something that happened just yesterday, but it's a recurring theme. But it happened just yesterday in the Eagles locker room down at the NovaCare Complex. Gardner Minshew answering questions about being the starting quarterback here on Saturday in Dallas. All is well and good. And Jordan Mailata, one of the most likable Eagles, of course, getting a lot of buzz this week uh, for his spot, his role in the Holiday Album, obviously can sing incredibly well. That's well documented. He was belting notes at the Eagles holiday party. He did a few months ago at an event at the stadium. He was singing. He's obviously on this holiday album. Like We know Jordan Mailata can sing. He's a funny guy. He's really energetic. It's been great. He's an entertainer. He's an entertainer. He's been great down at Chickie's, on the Players' Lounge, all that good stuff. But my grievance with him, and a lot of athletes who do this kind of thing, is Gardner Minshew's answering questions, and he comes in with his own phone, pretends to be a reporter, like can't keep a straight face, asks a question. It's not funny. It never has been funny. Just let the reporters do their jobs. I'm not trying to be like, the old screw cheers, like we can't have fun in press conferences. I think a lot of fun can be had in the media. We're trying to show off these guys' personalities. But athletes who just barge into these press conferences and ask one stupid question and everyone thinks it's hilarious, I'm totally done with it. That is my sports grievance. This is a bit that has been way overplayed. It needs to die. That, that's a good one. That, that's a good one for a sports grievance as far as players who, who uh, act like they're reporters in the locker room. My sports grievance is... When people will throw, and and I'm not an anti-analytics person, but when people will throw a bunch of numbers at me to make me think what I see is not the truth. And I think you can probably deduce what I'm talking about here. But there's one particular player in this town, uh, you know, first baseman, who, you know, regardless of what you think of him, fine, good offensive player. Guy's just a bad first baseman. He's not a good defender. Even though you when, own his T-shirt. When people, right, I do have a Reese Hoskins T-shirt and a hat now, courtesy of uh, Francisco Rojas and Nick Earnshaw, a couple of our producers here at the station. But when people will 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 fire back numbers, oh well, you look at the defensive metrics. Reese Hoskins actually dramatically improved at first base. He's one of the best first basemen in baseball. You you look at the the amount of runs saved, whatever the stupid number is. Don't tell me I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I watch the games, okay? You're an eye test I can guy. See, I'm an eye test guy. I can see the guy's a bad first baseman, okay? Just admit it. Just admit he's a bad first baseman. That's all I want. Like, if you want to say he's a good offensive player, you know, fine. I will concede that to you. I still think he's too streaky. So be it. But when people will throw these metrics and say he's a good defender, he's not a good defender. You're lying to me. You're lying to yourself. That's my sports grievance. It's a pretty good one. Just in general. People in general, trying that's to make you feel specific, dumb with numbers. That's just one specific example. But yes, in general, when people throw things out, when, when it's categorically false, you know it's not true and people want to make it seem true. I gotcha. All right. My holiday gripe or my holiday grievance. I'm stealing your social media gripe. Holiday grievance here on the airing of grievances on Festivus is people who give gift cards. I get what you're trying to do. It's trying to seem like you put a little bit of thought into it. It's a lazy gift. Like at that point, just give me the cash. I was the type of kid who grew up asking for cash or checks or just something in the form of money anyway, because I like to pull the money together and either get an experience down the road if there's some big game I want to go to or other some other experience or some big thing that I wanted. Nothing that you're going to get me in like, 20 to 30 or even $50 price range is what I really want in the moment. I'm not a big into like the unwrapping the gift and being like, what's in the box? Just get me cash, money that can be used anywhere. By you getting me a gift card, you're taking your own currency that is good anywhere in America and saying, you have to spend my money at this one specific store. It's actually a selfish gift when you think about it. It makes it seem like you were trying to be thoughtful and it's like, I know you shop here, but you could have just as easily given me cash 
and that would have been just fine. And nothing is worse than the Visa gift card, which you have to spend $5 on just to get the plastic. And that money is good anywhere also. Like, what was the point of getting me the Visa gift card? You could have just given me cash. You could have just sent me a Venmo at that point. Like, what is the point of getting someone a gift card? Yeah, yeah I, I, I hear you there. By the way, big gift card guy or buddy Ricky Ricardo. He gave, gave oh, he gives a, out gift cards? Gave, gave me a Wawa gift card last year. Well, I did him some favor or something. I, oh, I guess he does some things yeah. for Wawa, so he gets those, so he didn't actually go out and buy it. <laughs> right, right. So he didn't spend any money on your holiday gift. He just right. had them to give out. But if you actually go into a store and buy a gift card, like, what's the point? It's unneeded effort. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind a good gift card, uh, exa- like for a place that I would go shop at. I don't do a lot of shopping to begin with, but you know, I- I'm fine with a gift card. But I understand where you're coming from. Um, my holiday gripe is the holiday grievance. We have my grievance. Grievance. My apologies, of course. Uh, my holiday grievance is the decoration shamers. Like on your like, uh, neighbor asked me the other day. Um, what, you're not putting up any lights? You're not putting up any decorations? I mean... Just tell him you're Jewish. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't think... I, I think he knows I'm not. But also, like, man, I've had a lot going on lately. You know, just that we just had a baby a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry, I haven't gotten around to putting up the lights yet. If people want to decorate their lawns, do whatever they want with their house, that's fine. That's great. Like, you can do whatever you want. I don't need to be shamed if, if I don't get around to it. Wait, wait, get around to it. Have you... Put up decorations in the past. I put up lights on like the porch. Okay. Do you think I'm one of the guys with no? I don't. That's what I'm asking. Is this something new this year, or you just never put up decorations? No, usually put up a few lights. I have not gotten around to it this year. Maybe I'll do it when I get home today. Probably not. You're gonna do it in this weather with two days to go? Yeah, I don't think so. No, no chance. You're gonna you're gonna go out and put up your pole. You should put up a pole. The the pole of Festivus stands up to guys like this, like right on the front line. Like that's what Festivus is. It's standing up (laughs) to Christmas and everyone who stands for it and shamers of your decorations. Yeah. So that. That that would be my holiday grievance. You know, you can do whatever you want. Don't don't tell me what I need to do to, to uphold. The, I'm with you on that. The the you know, um, I guess to uphold the the standard of the neighbor. This is America, and it's your freedom to not put up decorations and be in the holiday spirit if you want to. Exactly. Uh, so, what's your uh, other grievance? My society grievance, and this is something that's been going on for a very long time. I used to hate it as a kid. I would actually like threaten my parents, be like, "Do not do this on my own birthday." I'm in a restaurant the other day. We've all been there. You're having a pleasant conversation. Sometimes the lights go out. The entire restaurant staff comes out. They start clapping, yelling. It's really loud, obnoxious singing because it's somebody's birthday, and they do the happy, happy birthday, the whole thing. We do not need the obnoxious birthday restaurant celebration anymore. We're about to enter the year 2023. I'm convinced no one actually likes this. Like, I get its attention, and people like to be you know, showered with attention on their birthday, but it's just like an obnoxious surprise. Everyone in the restaurant has to pretend to care about your birthday for 30 seconds. No one actually wants to see it. People at the restaurant, I guess, get a kick out of it because they get to record the birthday boy or girls, like, you know, like reaction, I suppose. And, and the biggest problem is when these are like grown adults doing this. No, we don't need like this them. anymore. Like the, the, and the restaurant staff, do you think they want to be doing it? Like who actually enjoys this ritual? Yeah, I can't imagine the restaurants would. Like, do they enjoy coming out and clapping with the whole thing and the candles and the cake? Anybody who does enjoy it, I wouldn't want to be waiting on me anyway. I wouldn't want anybody who enjoys that. You hold that against the the server because they enjoy coming out and singing. Yes, I wouldn't want them waiting on me anyway. Well, there's plenty of servers who apparently enjoy doing this. So that's a good one. Uh, Mine is a little different uh, in in terms of approach here. But, like, one thing that just drives me nuts lately 
is going to the grocery store and they don't have people who actually check you out anymore. They make you go to the self-checkout. They make you go to the machines, but then the machines don't work. Like, you go to the machines, and it's like, put your item in the bagging area. I put my item in the bagging area. It still doesn't work. And then you need the same person to come over and, you know, whatever, clear it out or whatever five times. And it makes the process take entirely too long. You know, I just want a, a cashier who knows what they're doing to ring me up because, or fix the machines, one or the other. Like, if you're going in and you're getting a couple things, you can use it. It's not efficient for big grocery store trips for a, a full-size family of four. Mostly because people don't know how to work the machines, even when, even when they do work. Right. Like, you, you scan it twice, then you got to backtrack. It's a whole... I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it quicker. They're trying to make it easier. They're trying to make it more automated, more efficient. But it's actually having the reverse effect of their intention in many cases. Right. So that's my society grievance. So uh, if anybody wants to throw out any sort of grievance in the last hour plus of the show, we'd love to get those from you as we celebrate Festivus. And we do have a prize uh, today since Troy was not able to secure the prize in the uh, Beat the Kelly segment. What do we have, Dan? Yeah. So our best grievance between now and the remainder of the show will win a $50 gift card to Smashburger. Uh, so yeah, that's what's on the line here in the final hour and a half of this Festivus theme show. Yeah, so there you go. So if you want to call in and give us a grievance, air your grievance today on Festivus, uh, you're welcome to do so as well. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Graham in South Philly. What's up, Graham? Hey, Tom. Happy Festivus. How you doing? You too, man. How's it going? It's going well. I have uh, two points. One is an equals point. I'll go with that first. And then I have a grievance specifically at your producer, Buzz. Um, okay. So I'll start with the Eagles point, though. Um, assuming the Eagles get the job done in Dallas and clinch the number one seed, home field advantage, if Jalen Hurts is good to go the next week, now this isn't the rust versus you know rest argument, you're playing the Saints, and if you win, you get a better draft pick uh, out of that first-round pick from the Saints. Do you play your starters against the Saints? If the Eagles beat Dallas this week? If the Eagles, if the Eagles beat Dallas, so everything's wrapped up, but you still have the motivation to beat the Saints to get a better draft pick because you were taking their first-round pick. It's a good question, Graham. It's an interesting one. I would say I would play any starter that's healthy. I would not play Jalen Hurts. Like, if the Eagles beat Dallas sure. on Saturday, I don't need to see Jalen until the playoffs. Like, I'm not really worried about the rust factor, as you said. Uh, obviously, you do want to beat the Saints. Uh, any starter that's healthy, I would play, but I would not – put Jalen in that situation just not Jalen all right I think I agree with that um I'll get to my my uh my Dan Wilson point uh so Tom I'll ask you a question with this grievance if you bought a large amount of dairy products and put it in your shared fridge with other roommates Mm -hmm. um dairy obviously expires pretty quickly would you consume that product fairly quickly or would you leave it in the fridge for a long time taking up space only for it to expire no, I would. I, I mean, I I think that's just the courteous thing to to use what you buy if you're sharing a fridge with other people. Yeah, see, I would say the same thing. Um, I think your producer Buzz does not agree. And by the time he gets home from his holiday break, uh, there will be expired yogurt waiting for him. Uh, yes. In addition, a freezer full of frozen food, and there's no other space for anybody else. I just wanted to get that grievance out there. Well, thanks, Graham. I, I appreciate that, man. And and I you that. you have a good holiday, uh, Graham. Buzz, I believe you guys are obviously we are roommates. Yes, okay. we live with two other guys too. So. Okay. Well, you got to be more courteous to your roommates. I, I know. I've been leaving. Say. He texted me the other day. He goes, I thought I, I cleared some of the milk out. Uh, I made a point to finish that or bring some of it home with me because I made the transformation back to my parents' house in Lower Marion for the week for the holidays. The transformation? Well, or not the transformation, the the transfer is what I was looking for. The move, the temporary move for a week. Uh, And uh, and Graham texts me and goes, hey, you left yogurt in the fridge. 
uh, that's about to expire. Can I have some? I'm like, it's going to go to waste if you don't, so eat up. Okay. Well, I forgot about it. Yeah. But I have, I have a tendency to leave things that expire. I overbuy a little bit. Yeah. And a little food store. Come happy. on, boss. I mean, grow, grow up a little bit. Be I a know. little more considerate. I know. I, I should be. <laughs> 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. If you want to air a grievance, you're welcome to. Obviously, we'll continue talking Eagles-Cowboys. What is your level of confidence that the Eagles are going to win, wrap up home field advantage this week without Jalen Hurts starting this game? I am confident. I think the Eagles will get the job done. I'm confident that Gardner Minshew is going to play well. And I think when you really look back, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show Micah Parsons the comments that he made not untrue like Jalen Hurts was significantly helped by the pieces around him does that mean Jalen's not playing at an extremely high level no but it does mean that you know a, a quarterback can be enhanced by the pieces that do surround him in this offense with the talent with the coaching staff I think that's going to happen for Gardner Minshew this week so if you want to get in you're welcome to and also when we get back I need to address a criticism of the Eagles coaching staff from last week, which is beyond stupid. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie on this Friday. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Obviously talking a lot about the Eagles and Cowboys today. And, and um, you know, an interesting, uh, you know, side to this game, an interesting aspect of this game is the importance level because obviously the Eagles want to wrap up home field uh would love to get things salted away this week but in some ways that Saints game next week equally as important if not more uh because of you owning the New Orleans draft pick and 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 wanting to be able to make that draft pick worse and the Eagles obviously would like to get home field salted away now but still uh, going to be incentive regardless for the Eagles to win next week, and we'll see if Jalen Hurts is ready for that game. If he's not 100%, though, I'm fine just sitting him uh, until the playoffs. So uh, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. But I need to address something because there's been a lot of criticism following that game against the Bears on the Eagles coaching staff that I just think is beyond stupid here. And that's that the Eagles had Jalen Hurts running the ball too much that led to the injury and the chain Steichen and Nick Sirianni bear some sort of responsibility for that. And I just think that's idiotic. Like this is not a situation where you blame the coaching staff for an injury. Sometimes injuries happen when this is the way that you play. And here's Nick Sirianni talking about, you know, the zone reads and this being, you know, a bit of an aspect to the Eagles offense, when you look at how they run, and obviously Jalen Hurd's running is a big part of what they do, just the way they run their offense. Here was Sirianni discussing that. Yeah, and I mean, when you run 
the quarterback like this, this is just kind of what, what what's going to happen. Here's more from Sirianni on whether they ran Jalen too much in this game. We're always going to think about his safety first, and I know you guys are probably like, well, he got hurt. Well, you know, he also ran for 180 yards against Green Bay, um, and, it's, and I get it. Sometimes it's a result-based thing. Like, well, he didn't get hurt that one. He's our MVP. Oh, he did get hurt. What, what are you guys doing, right? And so I get that. I get that that's going to be part of the scrutiny, and I, and I understand that. But we are who we are as an offense. And that's the point. Like, that's, that, that's just what comes with when you have a running quarterback. You can't have it both ways. Because it's it's funny how you hear people complain after you lose, or, or you don't lose the Bears, but you lose Jalen Hurts and he gets injured in that game. Nobody's complaining in the Green Bay game when Jalen Hurts is running wild. And, I mean, he ran, what, uh, the same amount, if not more, at least a comparable amount in that Green Bay game? Nobody's complaining in that game, as Sirianni said there. In that moment, it's all oh, Jalen's MVP and 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 look at all my, how, how much he's contributing and what he's doing running the football. You can't celebrate at that point. And then when something goes wrong, blame the coaching staff. This is just what's going to happen when you have a quarterback that runs the ball this frequently. And to me, it's less of a reflection on the coaching staff and more on Jalen. And again, this is why as Jalen progresses in his career and – you know, becomes more of a complete quarterback, he's going to need to play from the pocket more. He's going to need to run the ball less. Right now, this is a part of the Eagles' offense that they need. They need Jalen to run the ball. They need him to utilize his legs. And I think the complaints about the coaching staff and the blame being put on the coaching staff for Jalen Hurts getting injured is is absolutely ridiculous. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But I want to know, do you blame the coaching staff for Jalen Hurts getting injured last week? I don't. It's just the risk you run when you have a quarterback that plays this way. And, you know, it's part of what makes Jalen unique. It's part of what makes him special, but it's not without risk. Uh, that's not the coaching staff's fault. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Lee in Germantown. What's up, Lee? Everything, TK. How are you making out, man? Good, man. How are you? Awesome, awesome. I just wanted to give a uh, you know quick synopsis of what's going to happen on, on Saturday because you know, we're going to walk out with a W, and I'm looking at that totally non-scientifically and you know there's no no correlation really um but i look at uh when when andy was you know uh was coaching here and the relationship with quarterbacks and um the ability to insert um quarterbacks as necessary you know the todd detmers and um uh the quarterbacks of that nature and you know the fact that Mahomes and hurts are you know parallel in terms of uh, MVP is that there's a the the discipline that's required for for these things to happen within the locker room is is evident, um, and that's uh, that's that's part of you know the whole dynamic of being able to uh, take one player out and put another in and still you know manage manage a game and manage a W and I think it's going to be um, more more leaning on the run but they're going to going to air it out as well and it's just it's the just the energy of you know this Eagles team versus ones under Reed where we knew every season that the road to the NFC championship uh came through Philadelphia and it's I see over the course of the season that same sort of um chemistry and play calling and and really the 
um, the football philosophy, the X's and O's, um, and so we're, we're going to do just fine. I know there's no correlation, right, but and some scientific, but you know we're, we're going to get that W. Yeah, and I, I agree, Lee. And I, hey, man, I appreciate the call. And and I, I don't think this is a situation where the Eagles do need to dramatically change what they do or change the game plan. I think Gardner Minshew is a fully capable quarterback of going out there and executing this offense. This is an extremely complicated offense that the Eagles run, to be honest with you. I mean, they have a lot of college elements to it. Um, you know, I, I think maybe you do things a little bit differently, as I said, in in the past game. And, and I think Jalen being out, and this kind of goes to what we were just talking about in terms of him getting injured in that Chicago game and Jalen's legs being a necessary part of this offense. I actually think Jalen being out affects the running game more than it affects the passing game. Like the Eagles, so much of their run game is predicated on Jalen Hurts at least being a threat with his legs. As far as, you know, throwing the football, I don't think things change a whole lot. Jalen throws a better deep ball, so I think you're probably looking at a lot more timing routes, a lot more short intermediate routes. It's definitely a good week to get Dallas Goddard back uh, when you have um, that threat in the middle of the field to go along with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But Gardner Mitchell is capable of getting the ball out and getting it to his weapons. And, you know, if he's able to execute that game plan, I think he's going to be just fine. Let's go to Cordell in West Philly. What's up, Cordell? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? Um, there's a couple of things I had wanted to talk about. Um, as far as the um, Jalen Hurts and Mishu, um situation is concerned, he's the backup quarterback. Our, our starter is hurt. He needs to be in there. Go ahead and, and let Jalen get that week's work of rest and then see what happens after that. Um, but I really don't believe that – this whole conversation about Mishu or whatever the guy's name is, all right, the backup quarterback, he wanted the starting job from last year. So he's going to do everything he possibly can to do the best he can for us to be victorious. And that's all that matters. We come out, we be victorious, we be one, one more step closer to our goal, and that's winning the Super Bowl. And that's what it's all about. Any other conversation that we'll be having is irrelevant and insignificant. Yeah, we're, we're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. No, no, no doubt about it, Cordell. And you look at Minshew. I think you're right. He's got a lot to play for in this game, and his future obviously is probably not in Philadelphia. He wants to be a starter, but he's going to be a free agent this offseason. This is a real opportunity for him to go out and showcase himself uh, to teams looking for a starter. I mean, last year he even asked for the he wanted to um, play in the next game. He right. wanted Hurts to sit out the next game. I'm like, dude, you know, like you played well and everything, and we got the we got the victory. But come on, I mean, we're trying to win. We're we're not trying to just be mediocre. We're trying to win, and so you you do what you got to do to make yourself better, and we'll continue to do what we have to do to make our team better. And so if that's you being a backup, that's fine. If it's you being a starter, that's fine too. But Jalen Hurts is our starter. He's the best quarterback that we have on the team, and that's who we should be playing right now. No doubt about right it. Now he's hurt. No yeah. doubt about it, Cordell. And I appreciate it, man. And, and uh, it is funny. Like I, I, I don't think Minshew necessarily meant to do that in the way it came off. Because I mean, there's no doubt, Dan. It didn't come off well. Like when it's reported, oh yeah, he started, played pretty well. Went to the quarter. Went to the coach's office asking to be the starter, essentially. 
Does it come off? I don't. I don't think that's what Minshew meant to do, though. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. He probably it. meant to do it in a way that, like, you go to your boss and you're like, "I think I'm ready to get promoted." It just seemed a little premature. And when you are the and there's nowhere to get promoted to. There's nowhere to get promoted to. And like, when you're the quarterback of an NFL team and everything's publicly reported on, and you're in the entertainment industry, you have to know that that's going to find its way out, and people are going to think that you're trying to go specifically after Jalen's job, which I guess in a sense he is, but I don't think it's like him having a grievance with Hurts. Right, and I will say, like, I think the way Jalen handled that situation was pretty impressive, and that is not surprising considering the way Jalen Hurts handles every situation. Um, but, yeah, not a good look for Gardner Minshew. I'll say this. If he goes out, lights it up this week, I'll just give him this piece of advice. Don't go to Coach Sirianni's office on Monday morning you know, asking if you can, you know, be well, the starter. Well, here's the thing. If he gets the win here in Dallas, that means they clinch the number one seed. He probably will get the next two starts. Right. Uh, yeah. He will not be getting playoff starts, no matter how much he wants to ask for it. Well, unless unless there's more to this injury. Unless there's more to this injury than we think. But not because he's asking for it. It, it will be as a result of a default s- scenario in which Hurts cannot go. Right. Exactly. So, uh, hopefully Gardner Minshew plays well. But Gardner, just slow your roll a little bit as far as, uh, you know, asking to be the guy. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, see everybody on hold. We will get to everybody. Uh, uh, get to a lot of callers in the final hour. We'll also give you our picks for week 16. So a lot still to do. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for the midday show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie. One more hour here on the show. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Talking a lot of Eagles-Cowboys, obviously. Grievances. Today is a festivist for the rest of us. And um, we have a $50 gift card to Smashburger uh, for the, the person with the best grievance. We haven't gotten any grievances yet. So we need people to give us grievances in the last hour of the show. This is the one hour you get every year to air your grievances. And we are allowing you to do so. Well, until Festivus right dinner now. tonight when you tell your family how they've wronged you. Right. But if you want to air your grievances on the radio, this is this is a once a year opportunity. Oh, it's it's an awesome opportunity. And, and I mean Smashburger is tremendous. You have a chance to get fifty dollars Smashburger gift card. That's a great gift. Yeah. I mean that's, even though I hate gift cards. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a, f- a few burgers uh that you could be uh securing for yourself. So please uh give us your best grievance. Uh can be in, in any uh manner of life uh and do that for us and you could be in the running to get a fifty dollar uh, gift card to Smashburger. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Back to the phones in a second. But obviously talking about Eagles-Cowboys and the importance of this game. Eagles, obviously an opportunity to clinch the number one seed, secure home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and I think they're going to get it done. I think the Eagles are going to win this game, and I think Gardner Minshew is going to perform well. And it's funny because you think back to last week, and so many, uh, so much of the conversation was not about the Bears, but it was about Micah Parsons and what he had to say about this offense and Jalen Hurts. Here was once again what Micah Parsons had to say on the Voncast last week.
Now, obviously, the way that Micah Parsons said that, uh, you know, sounded demeaning to Jalen Hurts, and I think in a way he meant it to be demeaning to Jalen Hurts. But I don't think his overall point is incorrect, and that's why I do believe that the Eagles are going to win this game. Because I do think those other factors help a quarterback. I do think the offensive line, the weapons surrounding Gardner Minshew, the coaching staff, the scheme that the Eagles have, I do think that those are the kind of things, and they are strong enough where they can lift a guy like Gardner Minshew, who I think is a good quarterback to begin with. I don't think Gardner Minshew's a bum. Can ascend him to playing at a really high level, especially in a one-week situation. You don't have a ton of tape on this guy. Do I think the Eagles would have been 13-1? and had Gardner Minshew played the entirety of the season? No. But do I believe with this supporting cast, as Micah Parsons said, and how good they are, can go to Dallas and win this game? Yes, I do. I absolutely believe that to be true. And I don't think what Micah Parsons said was entirely incorrect. So if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. How do you feel about this game? Do you think the Eagles get the job done on Saturday in clinch home field? I do. I'm picking the Eagles 33-27 on Saturday. Let's go to Nick in Virginia. What's up, Nick? Hey, hey, good afternoon. I'm back in PA by now, uh, but okay. happy Festivus. Uh, First-time caller, I, I got a comment and a grievance for you. Okay. All right, first comment, though, and I have a coworker who's also from the Philly area, and you guys were talking about it before where some people are saying the best-case scenario is Minshew to really just go out there and, and play poorly but still game manage well enough to secure a win. And um, I know that some people might think that as well. I think that's a very, very incorrect way to approach this game and as well as people that are within your organization. Um, I think Micah Parsons, if he gets validated in some way, let him throw an I love me party in the media. Let him, you know, it makes no difference to me, and I don't think it should make any difference to Philadelphia fans as a whole whether or not Micah Parsons is painted as, oh, he was correct or, oh, he wasn't. No, Nick, and I totally agree with you. Like, like I, first of all, I don't think, and I even last week, I didn't think what Micah Parsons said was all that bad or, or all that offensive. No. But I don't get, like, why people seem to take it as if, if Gardner Minshew plays well or if you say something good about Gardner Minshew, that you're demeaning Jalen. That's not the case. Like, you can say both. Like, Jalen's been great this year. There's no doubt about that. But Gardner Minshew is also a, a very capable backup quarterback, and then there's no doubt that the surrounding supporting cast helped both of them. Right, and I'll, and I'll dovetail it, too, with the MVP conversation where I don't, th- I don't really care if Jalen Hurts gets, you know, uh, nominated for MVP. That doesn't make a difference for Philadelphia. We can be, you know, very admirative about that after the fact when it's all said and done. But as far as this organization goes, like, what, what is the Eagles without the support of Philadelphia and the people in it, right? It's, it's just a company. So as far as I'm concerned, prioritize winning first and the city first. And, hey, you know, what? if MVP comes after, great. That's, that's great for him. And, and same thing with Micah Parsons. If he ends up being right, great that that's that's great for him but the Eagles still win and that's what matters yeah no doubt about it Nick I mean winning is is certainly more important than winning MVP I mean there's no doubt about that so all right but now my grievance Mm -hmm. and this is directed at the NFL and and whatever relationship it's got going on with Odyssey so I, I drive around a lot and I listen through Odyssey a lot and it was a Sunday game and here I am like 20 minutes into just repeat commercials before I realized I'm not getting this game I keep waiting for highlights from Merrill Reese. I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's halftime. And I find out, no, Odyssey just, you know, interrupts the broadcast when it's actually game time. And, you know, you figured, you know, if you 
you want to expand your market, maybe you make you know audio streaming a little more accessible. But yeah, that's I, that, that's my grievance. Yeah, Nick, I, I appreciate the call. I don't know. I don't think Nick is going to win with that with that grievance. Well, I also don't know where he's coming from. Like we oftentimes check the stream here in the studio. Like it works. I'm literally the guy who's running it. Maybe you're the one running the stream. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is a you problem. His maybe grievance is, a, maybe is you. This is a me problem. No, the stream typically works. Like in all seriousness, we try it and. You know, there are certain rules that are implemented by the league, like right, out of right. Odyssey's control. The, right. They're, they're not under But within market, it, it should work fine. So I'd like to see Nick's phone. Yeah, no, he's not, not going to win with that. They're not under control of our company here. And, you know, if it was a me issue, then I apologize. I was going to say, are you hitting the, the, the stream in there correctly? Or that I'm aware of. Are you, you, you playing Merrill? or I you? I am. You turning your own mic in there and doing your own show? Yeah, I'm just doing a show. I, I figured you were. Yeah, I'm just doing for a the show people doing. listening on the Eagle Stream. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Heavy in Huntington Valley. What's up, Heavy? What's up, Ross? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Happy uh, Festivus, man. Did Thanks, you get man. your uh, that poll? It's got high uh, strength to weight ratio. Yeah, I do. I do have. Uh, I do have a poll, and it does have a good ratio of strength to height. So I'm all set. But. Dude, you know what, like, I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about right now is this team ends up, you know, losing only two games. I mean, they're statistically the best regular season Eagles team of all time. I mean, is but is that how this team really feels? I mean, does this, does this team really stack up against, you know, 04 and, and 17? I mean, I, I'm I'm just wondering what you think about that. heavy. I think I mean when you, if you look at it purely on on paper and talent, this team is better than both those teams are. I mean, and I talked about this a little that's, bit. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I, I but I I think it's true. Like, let's think about it in this respect: the offensive line on this team in 2017 are comparable. I would say this one maybe a little better, but fine. Say that's a wash. Both are the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. Look at this. Look at the skill positions yeah. though. I mean, the receiving team overall, you'd have to say this team is better considering mm-hmm. you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But obviously, you know, it's it's, it's pretty close compared to, you know, T.O. And obviously that offensive line was pretty great too, and, and the defense as well. I mean, you look at, you know, Dalk and Lido, Sheldon Brown, all those guys were, you know, top of their games back then. But, uh, I, I mean, it's – it's really something else you see in these guys, you know, just coming to work every day and just, you know, taking care of business like like it's nothing else. And you got to give props to to what Howie's done. I mean, to you know, to get rid of your Super Bowl winning coach and then within 2 years, you know, a new coach possibly going down as, you know, your best regular season t- uh, team of all time. I mean, this this guy, you know, he he has his doubters at some point, but you, you can't deny it. this guy has made some serious moves. And you know, you talk about Gardner Minshew, you know, he's a confident guy. This dude, his rookie year, you know, he only started twelve games. He threw over three thousand yards and had twenty one touchdowns. I mean, this this dude be starting on at least ten ten teams right now. Yeah. I mean, he he's, he's he's not you know he's not a scrub. And yeah. if this guy's and if this guy's coming into Dallas with a lot of confidence, you gotta love that. There, there's and, no, and, and 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 you gotta feed off of what Michael Parsons is saying. There's no doubt about it, Heavy, and I appreciate the call. And I did want to follow up on one thing Heavy said because you know you compare this team to 2017 to the 2017 team, 
and it's it's impossible not to, right? Because like this is the frame of frame of reference that we have for a team that's been this dominant in the regular season, and it's the only team that's won a Super Bowl, which is ultimately the goal of the current Philadelphia Eagles team. And you look at it, and and I do think on paper this team's far superior. Like you look at the receivers, you look at the skill position players. Aside from Zach Ertz, what other skill position player on that team ever did anything of consequence in their career after that season? Alshon Jeffrey, pretty much done. Torrey Smith played one more year in Carolina. Wasn't even that good in that year. No, didn't do much. Nelson Aguilar's career is totally, you know, he's been pretty much invisible the last couple of years. He was okay in 2018, but nothing special. Brent Selleck retired. Jay Ajayi disappeared. Corey Clement disappeared. Corey Clement's been on like five teams since then. I think he's, is he on the Cowboys now? Or was he with the Cowboys? He was. He's not with them. He's not Not, with them Not on the active roster, certainly. Okay. So, I mean, you look around at all those players. You compare that to Miles Sanders, pro bowler. A.J. Brown, pro bowler. Devontae Smith, alternate. These are guys at the beginning of their careers. Dallas Goddard, who isn't a pro bowler or an alternate I think only because he was injured for a few weeks. But the skill position players are 10 times better. You look at the defense. Remember the starting corners were on the 2017 team? Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. I thought Jalen Mills was better than most people gave him credit for. But you compare those two guys to James Bradbury and Darius Slay, like, it's not even comparable. I mean, you look at the front, the the defensive line, I think it's pretty much a wash. But what do you think, Dan? I I think this team's ten times better on paper. No, on, ro- like, on paper, the roster is bad. Like, there's more talent. Like, A.J. Brown is better than any receiver they had. Like, the corners are better. It's getting more pressure on the quarterback this year. The offensive line is chock full of pro bowlers and pro bowler alternates. Like, there's no—you're correct that, like, in terms of, like, on paper— talent this is probably the best team we've seen Eagles team we've seen since 2004 like that's just how I look at it and to that point yes it's you can say how you see the path for Gardner Minshew to go down and win this game tomorrow I just think the fact that you have the most talented Eagles team in 20 years since that 04 team around Jalen Hurts does not take away from the fact that you also have like maybe the best quarterback season since then like this is we could sit here and compare like Wentz is twenty seventeen to what Hertz is doing now, but I think Hertz has been better. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's just really how good close. it's been. It's been really close, and probably somewhat of the product of who's around him. Like, this is how I felt, if not better, about Carson Wentz at that time to how Jalen Hurts is playing this season. It's like I don't want to say flawless, but it's like as close as you could possibly get. No doubt about it. I will say this though: like Nick Foles was set up well in twenty seventeen. I think Gardner Minshew is set up better to succeed now than Nick Foles was in 2017. I think he is in more of a position to succeed because of the receivers, because of the offensive line. He was in a better spot to succeed than Nick Foles was. I will say this, not only because we've seen it happen once before with a backup quarterback, if Gardner Minshew were to succeed again in a regular season spot versus leading the team through the playoffs, there would be much less of a surprise factor this time around because of the team around him than there was with Foles five years ago. Well, there's precedent, but like, also, the bar has been raised by the talent around him. No doubt. Uh, 215-592-9494. Let's go to Jacob in Philly. What's up, Jacob? Hey, what's going on? Good afternoon, guys. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? Uh, so I got a few points. I'll hit on the one that you had asked earlier. I got a grievance, too. Uh, the big one, though, is uh, it's not the coach's fault. The coaches call the plays. The players run it. They're giving Jalen Hurts the opportunity to run, so he's taking it. You could 
also handed to Miles Sanders and makes one person miss and do what he ever wants to do. It's up to him. It's football. You get hurt. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Life goes on. Um, but the Minshew thing, uh, our team is just good. So it doesn't really matter, I don't think. You see they put in San Fran, they put uh, Brock Purdy in there, right? Last pick of the draft, still good. It works. Their system works. It, it, Jalen's just having a phenomenal year. He'll be back. My thing is, if we win this game, does he? How do you put? How do you put him on the field to not rest a whole month? We'll have three whole weeks plus the bye week. Yeah, Jacob. I mean, it's it's a concern in terms of the rest. I get it, but I would prioritize health. Like, I, I would love. Yeah, I'd love. Yeah, I'd love Jalen to to. You know, it would be nice for for him to get some reps, but unless he's a hundred percent, I'm I'm good yeah, I'm sitting put, him out I'm to not the playoffs. Him in there for what a drive? What's the drive going to do that he right. can't do in a practice anyway? Right. Um, but I think Minshew's going to light it up. I'm sorry, I'm going to go on to grievance next. Uh, Minshew, I feel like going to light it up on one reason: uh, emotional bag. He just you're not going to light it up. He went to the his coach's funeral in a church and dropped an F-bomb in a eulogy. You don't do that unless you fully love a person. So he's going to be playing for not only himself, not only our team, but that, that, that man that changed his life. Yeah. Uh, I think that takes a huge thing. That's a huge thing in football for me. Yeah, no, yeah that extra motivation, no doubt. What's your grievance, Jacob? So my grievance is I live in uh, like North Philadelphia, and uh, I need people to stop double parking next to an open parking spot. That you know what, Jacob? That's a good one. That that's a good grievance. I appreciate it. And there are a number of driving or parking grievances you could get in. I mean, now I'm gonna driving these days is just who terrible. is double parking next to an open parking spot? Oh, there are people that do that stuff. But, but if there's an open parking spot, why are you double parking? That's the point. Why exactly? But like, thank you. It, it is possible that it wasn't open when they double parked. But it, then, how would the person who was in the spot have gotten out? No, no, like if, if you had a bunch of cars lined up and somebody needs to run in somewhere and you double park just to run into a store or something like that. I don't think people should be double parking to begin with. Well, that, that okay. is a separate argument. All right. But the argument of parking, double parking when there's another spot open, it is possible that the person double parks, runs in the store, person B leaves, and then it appears that someone double parked with an open spot. I guess I whatever I think I think we're thinking too much into it. Eh, maybe we are. You know, so double parkers. I'll put them down for that. Double parkers, okay. and there are a number of I'm Mike sure, Moffat's a double parker. traffic grievance. <laughs> yes, Mike Moffat, a noted uh, gambling addict. Uh, double so, parker, and he he backs in. Right, that's when his thumbs are working properly. Correct. Yeah. Uh, two, He's a big phony. Right, big phony. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Please, give us your grievances. We've got a couple segments left. $50 gift card to Smashburger on the line. Uh, so give us your grievances, thoughts on Eagles-Cowboys this weekend. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Joe and John, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you filling in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie. A couple segments left here, and we're airing grievances as it's a festivus for the rest of us. And in studio with us today, um, senior producer Mike Angelina, 
um, used to, you know, produce when I was hosting a lot on the overnight show. Me and Mike have worked together a lot of the year. We'll be working together next week. That's right. Coming out of retirement for the Tommy Awards next week. Mark. Right. Uh, sure you're yeah. very excited about that. I'm very excited to see the winners. Um, I think we're working on some guest presenters so yeah oh, wow. good stuff coming How about that all right it's well, a black tie event this is stuff i'm not even privy to here uh i better go buy a black tie i don't have one <laughs> no i know this is because i don't want to be underdressed i'm the studio assistant for the two-day event so i yeah. just want to make sure i'm adequately prepared here well there you go but mike you wanted to air a couple of grievances here what do you what do you got today which category do you want first um you can do your uh sports grievance first all right, my sports one is, um, I guess it's more about behavior at sporting events. It's not really some, something a commissioner of a sport would fix. Is um, it's You go to a lot of games too, Tom. I just can't stand when people feel the need to get up and go in your aisle during live action. It's it's just totally inappropriate and uncalled for. And just through the years, you just know, you, this is it's more so the Phillies than like Eagles or Flyers. I just noticed they... The ushers just don't even care anymore. And they actually get, like, nasty at you if you, like, ask for a little help. Like, hey, you know, I may get hit by a foul ball because I can't see. Can you not have people roam the aisle in the middle of a game? That's a good one. I, and I take that seriously as a former usher myself yeah, at the Eagles I know games. You, you wouldn't take up with that. I, you, no. you stood up to Meek Mill. I had a stop sign. Yeah, I got in an argument with Meek Mill, uh, which was my fault in the end. I read his ticket wrong. But uh, I, I I used to stop people between plays. It was mutually beneficial. I got to stop people. I'd look, watch the play and then let them go. So yeah. kind of worked out, but that's your job. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, let's see. The side one, bit of a, I guess it's more of your vein of a social media gripe. Uh, this kind of came up naturally during the Eagles game the other day with Buzz and Jack. Uh, you know, we were talking about how I don't like on social media when, one, it's cowardly, and two, it throws off the following statistics. If you choose to follow somebody, but then you just mute them, it, I, I don't know what that accomplishes. It's, I guess, because you're hiding that, like, I don't actually like your tweets, but I want to pretend that I do. Right. But then it throws off, like, the algorithms, the, fo- like, you look at somebody and they have X amount of followers, but, like, how many of them are muted? Are they, are they actually worth following? And right. I just don't, I don't know what you get out of a Twitter, being a Twitter consumer fake following somebody what like i don't know what that accomplishes i think there are some people i have muted i'm not sure but i i think they're they're probably just unfollowed them. I've muted. yeah i probably should why, why why don't you i haven't gotten around to it i haven't gotten around <laughs> we got around to muting them <laughs> yeah so what else you got last one is the holiday one and uh you're probably this way too because i think you're kind of similar to me in this way is opening gifts i'm not a very good I'm not expressive. I'm not a good actor. I'm not good at like. Oh, what a great yeah, gift! Like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm often challenged on whether I like a gift or not, and it's like, no, no, I like it. Like, I, it's it's a great gift. Thank you. And like, I I do properly thank people and all that. But they, just, they their reaction's not enough for them. Yeah, it's it's more so with my wife. But it's like I <laughs> I just sorry. I'm just not like the most. I'm not gonna like get up and stand on the couch like, oh my god, what a great gift! Thanks, right. for, the, thanks for these tickets or whatever. Like, I would actually love to see a video of you reacting that way. Of you just going yeah. crazy. And you, and you got to be careful because if you react too openly, then people think you're faking it. Yeah. Like, you got to. Right. I think if I ever did that, I would come off as. Like, a people phony. would be like. I would be like Mike Moffat yeah. or Michael Jordan. I'd You'd be, be a phony. phony. Like, no one would. Yeah, someone would say, like, Mike Angelina, like, getting super expressive. Like, that's not him. Like, you got to straddle the line. It's a, t- it's a tough thing to hit. It is. Well, that yeah, that's a that's a good one, and and yeah, I think that's that that would be I wouldn't it wouldn't come off as authentic for you to be reacting like that. I would think so. You yeah. should do the PA lottery commercial uh, with Tom's pal Gus. Like, hey Rita, what a great gift! Like, you should do that every time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the, there you go. It's so, kind of cute. 
<laughs> he is cute. Um, but uh, Mike, I did want to uh, uh, you know let you, let you talk about you you and oh, Rob yeah. Cherry working something very special for the end of the year. Uh, tell the audience about that. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It's a really nice project we've been working on the last I don't know four to six weeks. It's come together nicely. Put together a uh, two hour program, a tribute program of our you know three legends of the of the media kind of exiting here at WIP or exiting their current roles at WIP, Angelo. The great Al Morgani and Ray Dinger, of course. Um, you know, obviously he was in May, but we, you know, there's time to celebrate him again and kind of do a more of a retrospective of his him coming to WIP, his his upbringing, which is kind of interesting. You kind of get to hear about how, you know, his time at uh, as an eight year old hanging out in a bar kind of made him good at sports talk radio. There you go. And then, um, great place to watch a game. Yeah, so it's cool. So during doing the reporting and the interviews, kind of learned some nuggets that I didn't even know. People will actually have a chance to hear. Audio from Brookie and the Rookie from, um, uh, I think it's either 89 or 1990. I don't know if that's, I don't know when the last time anyone's heard that show. So, you know, stuff like that. Angela and Al almost left WIP to go to a different station. We'll hear the story of why they didn't and whose okay. call that was. So, yeah, a and that, nuggets in there. And that'll be airing just various times over the next uh, couple weeks here? That's right. Starting Christmas night, uh, it'll be New Year's Eve night as well, and then it'll be an overnight this week. Thursday or Tuesday into th- to Wednesday, it'll be, and then uh, I think Saturday uh, Saturday morning the thirty first. Okay, well, well, sounds good, and, uh, and we'll podcast look, it too. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to it, Mike. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for putting that together, and good work as always. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, so that's Mike Angelina. He and Rob uh, Cherry uh, doing great work on the tribute for Angelo, Al, and Ray. So be sure to catch that on the station over the next week or so. And uh, if you don't hear it live on the air, uh, make sure to go back and listen on the Odyssey app. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, Let's go to Anthony in South Philly. What's up, Anthony? Yo, Anthony. And and all in the studio. I know Buzz is a big uh, celebrator of of Festivus, and I do have a grievance that I'd like to air and and a few takes on the Eagles as well. Okay, sure. Well, give me your Eagles takes first. Yeah, so I think Minshew and the offense are going to be just fine. I think the biggest advantage the Eagles have is actually in the run game. Dallas's defensive line has been uh, a bit undersized and dealing with injury, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball all over Dallas this weekend, even if they don't win. So I'm not too worried about the Eagles uh, this weekend, even though uh, Dak Prescott is very good, despite what the national media will tell you. But my grievance, also I think they should – bench hurts until the playoffs there's no reason to risk further injury mm-hmm. and the rust argument is pretty overrated generally if he's practicing with the team all week and, and able to practice and whatnot i don't think rust is actually a real thing people just chalk that up to the excuse whenever teams lose but not when teams win mm-hmm. so it's a convenient excuse and then my grievance is uh it's a societal one and it's a sports one and it's people that take holier than thou opinions on other people's sports that they like and this is not just you with soccer i know you've had some controversial statements in the past about soccer, but why is it that sports fans of certain sports constantly feel the need to belittle or degrade sports that other people like? I have friends who love baseball who say football is dumb. I have friends who like football who say soccer and baseball is dumb. Why can't we all just agree that sports are incredible and that while it may not be your cup of tea, uh, there's, no, there's nothing in sports that makes one sport necessarily better than the others because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, that's fair enough, Anthony, and I appreciate the call. And, and again, like I'll defend myself once again with the people think I'm a soccer hater. I'm not a soccer hater. 
I just thought when the World Cup bid was given to Philadelphia, people who act like they were huge soccer fans, you know, you didn't you didn't like the fraudulent nature of it, right? Exactly. Like I, I but but that's fine. Everybody I think it's cool to get excited when like. the biggest sporting event in the world, though, is going to. No, come it, to South Philly. I, I've, I've come around more on it. I still think that people were fraudulently celebrating at the time. Oh, I've waited my whole life for this. No, you haven't. You, you just got caught up in it in the last. I'll also uh, give Anthony credit because he is a friend of mine, and he mentioned this to me uh, off the air. Didn't have a chance to say it there on the air. Uh, two incorrect Seinfeld things we stated. Number one is I incorrectly said Mike Moffat was going in backwards. He actually pulls in forwards. George is the one going backwards. And he Very was not important correction. He was not the double parker Saddam Hussein was. Okay. And that was when they're getting the uh the wine for the party and he's got the Gore Tex coat. You like saying Gore Tex. It was a totally different episode. Is that the Bobka one too? Or I think yeah, yeah, I think it's the Bobka one. When, when Elaine's like, you can't bring Pepsi to a party party, George. Yeah. He's like, why not? And you know, you're telling me wine is better than Pepsi. So two different things. Saddam Hussein's the double parker. Mike Moffat goes in head first. George goes in backwards. That's for the fight that they're all watching in Jerry's apartment. There you go. Buzz is Buzz is just a Seinfeld encyclopedia over there. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah. So 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 we've we've got clarification correction on that. Let's go to Gary from Violin. What's up, there, Gary? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I think the Eagles are going to give us an early Christmas present. And then she's going to light him up. Yeah, Gary. I mean, I, I, I just I believe this team is set up to win this game, and and I don't think they're going to have many problems with Dallas. Like, obviously, you're in a better spot if Jalen's out there, but Gardner Minshew, uh, I think, is still in a really good spot to succeed in this game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, what's your I, grievance? I have, a, I have a grievance, and can I give an example of it? Sure. Youth sports parents. Just shut up and let your kids play. I agree with that, Gary. I mean, there's nothing worse than the over-exuberant parent who thinks their seven-year-old is, like, primed to go to the major leagues. God. I I was coaching a game, and the other team's parents got on the ref so bad who was 13 that he was almost going to cry. The final score was 7-1, to and we scored all eight goals. What do you mean? Seven to one, you scored all eight goals. I'm confused. That we math. kicked their only goal. We kicked into our own net. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah I, but they're screaming at this ref like they had like a like the you know all star team. No, I hear you, Gary. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, people who who treat you sports like it's like it's the end all be all. Get get a life, man. Seriously. Like, stop living vicariously through your kid. The odds are your kid's not going pro. I mean, it's very unlikely that's the case. And I can guarantee you, if they do go pro, it's not going to matter what happens in the nine-year-old baseball game. Like, that's not what's going to determine, you know, how far they go in their major league career. Will you be soccer career? Will you be uh, little Tommy's baseball or soccer coach when time comes, or Kate's softball, soccer, whatever the sport is? You know what? I've been I, I I've considered this buzz, and I've been uh, I'm I'm kind of hesitant. Like I would like to be like an assistant coach, where where I have some you know level of responsibility. I'm helping, but I don't want to be the head guy and and be calling the shots. You're gonna be dealing, the, with, dealing with all the kids playing time and the parents. I don't want to. You want to be the first base coach who you know. Shags yeah. balls during batting practice, takes the batting gloves, things like that. Exactly. You bring the team snack. 
yeah, I'll be the. I want to be the 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 fun coach that the that the, that the players like. I want to be a players coach. I don't want to be the head coach who's delegating the playing time and doing all. You're gonna be like Rob, you have to deal with the parents. You're gonna oh, be like Rob Thompson. You're gonna be the bench coach, and when the head coach gets run out of town by the parents, you're taking over midseason. I would love to be the topper of little league baseball. There you go. That would be that would be tremendous. Uh, high aspirations. Are you gonna be like teaching them like you know things like bat path and plate approach and all that fun stuff? No. at age nine. This goes. This is the, the you know I'm an eye test guy. As we know. As we established earlier. You're just going to, you're not going to keep, so you no, wouldn't keep I'm a book. You're just going to be metrics. like, which, which kid looks ready to play? Well, that's not, who, that's who gets in. Yeah, well, that, that ex- is exactly what I will do. I'll be the assistant coach. I'll keep the book. Uh, I'm, I'm good at keeping a book now. I have a year's worth of experience. I was going to say, now you're a big bookkeeper. Right. So I can do that, but no, I don't want to be the head coach and dealing with idiot parents and all that stuff. You're not sending out emails. No. Yeah. Not. That doesn't seem like your alley. No, I'm not doing that. Let's go to Logan and Lumberton. What's up, Logan? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. All right. So I got yeah two two Eagles things and then and then a quick grievance for you guys. Uh, first thing with Gardner Minshew, look to me this is a tryout for him. What's he a career forty one touchdowns, twelve interceptions? Still young enough to intrigue a quarterback needy team in my opinion. The Jets quarterback situation is terrible. Ryan Tannehill has looked terrible in Tennessee. Who knows what's going on in Indianapolis and the Saints? <laughs> You know, they don't have a first-round pick, and they're probably going to be looking to try to flip the script on that rebuild, I think. Yeah. Uh, if he beats Dallas and earns another two starts and wins those, they better start turning the quarterback factory wheels back up because they'll probably need another backup next year. Yeah, no doubt about it, Logan. And I think it's a situation where – uh, they're probably going to draft a guy this year. They didn't draft a quarterback last year. They took a shot on Carson Strong as an undrafted free agent. Obviously, that didn't work out. Um, but they knew they were going to have Minshew. I think when you look, though, at, at this year, I think the Eagles are obviously going to look to develop a young quarterback, probably somebody they draft, maybe sign a veteran. But, yeah, I mean, Minshew's going to be somewhere else next year. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as far as Jalen is concerned, you know, Michael Parsons is right to a degree, but c- come on. We all know the extra ability that he adds to a game that most quarterbacks cannot provide, especially at a high level. His vision is pretty elite now. His decision-making has been elite all year. He's capable of making plays that the average quarterback like Gardner Minshew can't. Uh, that's why he is in the MVP race and I think should win it. Uh, and it's not on the coaches for giving them the best chance to win running Jalen. Uh Although Miles was, I think, grossly underused in that game, considering the amount of success he's had and the amount of yards Chicago has given up on the ground this year. But, yeah, as far as Jalen is concerned, I don't know. I'm not too worried about that stuff. Yeah, no, no, I I, I hear you, Logan. Uh, what's your grievance? Uh, mine is directed towards Comcast and the Flyers. When my grievance is the fact that they refuse to sell the team and refuse to fire the worst GM in the city. Uh, I don't understand how Chuck Fletcher has kept his job for as long as he has had it. I really don't. Uh, he's done nothing but drive a train wreck directly into a ditch, in my opinion. Our best free agent signings and trade acquisitions played maybe mm, 10 combined games so far in their tenures. You give up a first-round pick for arguably the worst defenseman in hockey and Rasmus Ristolainen, Shane Gossespierre leaves for... You paid for Shane Gossespierre to leave, actually. And uh, the worst thing about it to me is you are consistently, and I mean consistently, wasting Carter Hart, who I think could win a Vesna in front of just a viable defensive group, which they would have had a better chance of having if Chucky just was never hired. Sell the team and let Danny Briere run the show. 
Well, I hear you, Logan. I, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. How about that? We got a Flyers gripe here, so uh, or a Flyers grievance. So uh, you know, if you want to get in with your grievance in the last segment of the show, you will have a chance to win the fifty dollars Smash Burger gift card. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. One segment left. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I guess the shine, now throw your hands up. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, in for Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie finishing up the show uh, today. I'll be in tomorrow morning filling in for the king, uh, Howard Eskin, from 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, so big show, big show planned tomorrow as well. I hear Mark Lawrence is still joining Mark the show. Mark Lawrence will be joining the show in the 940s. It wouldn't be a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning during football season without Mark Lawrence at 940. No, it wouldn't be. You're right. And from what I understand from the people, uh, for the people listening, we could have a guest appearance from the king himself live from Dallas tomorrow morning. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I guess so, the team's leaving today, so he he's on the flight down to Dallas today. He was telling me all about it last night. You know, I'm the guy who people love to tell their travel stories and travails. So, you know, Rick Ricky's got his travel stuff going on. And Howard is, ah, yeah, I got to be here at this time and headed out. But he's not even the one booking the flight. It's the team charter. No, but, you know, he just likes to tell me about his travel. Just tell you about the travel story. So he's going down there today. Did he tell you what time the flight is today? He's in the air right now. I think he left at 1230. So, okay, so he's yeah. on the flight right he's now. He's on the flight. So he's going to call Boots on the Ground in Dallas. <laughs> maybe, he said. He to his, said maybe. Maybe to, it, to his own show. Yes. Are but, you still going to play the Riding with the King intro? Like, how, how's this all going to work? Maybe. Well, he plays a lot of Elvis on his Saturday morning shows. Kyle produces him every week, so I'm kind you're of gonna following. Defer to, you're going to defer to I'm following Kyle. Kyle's lead tomorrow. Okay, Kyle sounds good. in the right direction. I look forward to tuning in. Yes, there, there you go. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Sean in Port Richmond. What's up, Sean? Hey, how you doing, Tom? Happy holidays to you. Good. You too, man. Uh, I'll start out with a grievance. Uh, my biggest grievance, I have a four-year-old granddaughter that I take to the local playground. And uh, I just, I'm always talking to the parents. And, and it seems to be a very popular opinion that they teach their kids at a young age that Santa Claus doesn't exist uh, based on they want to take um, credit for the gifts. And oh, I'm that's just, terrible. I'm blown away by it. So it's not just me, Tom? No, they're so they're they're tell they're deceiving their kids. They're not telling their kids, you know, a, a lifelong tradition about like Santa existing just so they can take credit for the gifts. That's exactly uh yes. So I at least five people have repeated that to me, especially being that we're in a recession and things are tough. I want my four year old to know where that gift came from. That's it. And, and <laughs> well, I'm in uh, full agreement, obviously. And uh, my four year old does believe in Santa and everything is coming from Santa Claus. So that's my major grievance. Okay. Now, yeah, on to the Eagles. Good. I think uh, I think the callers, I think the fans, I think everyone's getting uh, really, really up in arms about a game that really doesn't matter as far as the standings or seating or anything of real importance. And to uh, double down, uh, this might make people crazy. I would like to see Miles Sanders get a bit of a rest tomorrow. 
Yeah, and Sean, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I I, I don't think you want to you want to run him into the ground at this point. And and honestly, it is the truth. Like this game isn't the end all be all here. Like if the Eagles lose this game, they're still in a very good position. Like they're going to be the one seed. You just got to win one of these final three games, and the Saints game's actually more important. Like when you look at it from an Eagles perspective and how this is going to affect things not just this year but beyond you'd rather have a better draft pick like you would rather beat the Saints and beat the Cowboys um obviously you'd like to win this game just so you don't have even the possibility of you you know kind of collapsing down the stretch I don't think that would happen to this team uh but yeah I mean uh, in terms of of monitoring guys I, I don't think you need to give Miles Sanders 30 carries in this game. Uh, you want him ready for the playoffs. Let's go to Jim in Clementon. What's up, Jim? Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I wish everybody a happy holidays over there. And uh, I think uh, the Sunday or Saturday game with uh, Minshew, we got to hope that Dallas doesn't want to take him out of the game. Because then I think we'll be in bad trouble without a – a good backup, you know. We want, we hope they don't play dirty. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that stuff's kind of overrated, Jim. I don't think the Cowboys are going to come into this game looking to injure Gardner Minshew. But uh, yeah, I mean, you you obviously want to keep them healthy more than anything, right. so you have a good backup for the playoffs if if you need them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I hope nothing happens. Anyway, I think I have a pretty good grievance. I don't know about you, but now when you go to a like a big department store or a mall, a supermarket, all the different reserve spots that they now have, you can go to like a supermarket. They naturally have the handicap signs and you know uh, spots for mothers with little kids. But now they they have a whole bunch of spots reserved for people just to pick up their order. You know. And a regular person, you end up having to walk a quarter of a mile to get into the store. There's just too many different reserved parking spots. Yeah, well, I appreciate the call, Jim. Thanks, Dan. Dan do you have you encountered what, what Jim's talking about here? The reserved parking spots. So I'm sorry, I was on the phone here. So the reserved parking spot. This is in what scenario? I, I when you're picking stuff up from a store. I oh mean, yeah, okay. So like, like online to, orders, or yeah, they have like, like special like yeah. delivery spots, like I fifteen feel like minutes or less. Not, like too many spots, though. Like, I don't think that's a grievance. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I get where Jim's coming from, but I I haven't run into. I don't think it's going to win. Yeah, I don't think so. Let's go to Stephen Yardley. What's up, Steve? Hey, I I want to wish you and Don, Tom and Dan a happy New Year, and I think you're doing a great job filling in. And um, thanks. You might need someone to hold that ladder when you put the lights up. It's getting a little windy out here. Yeah, I know. It looks like it's finally calmed down out there, Steve, now, but it was nasty earlier on. Yeah, we we just had a snow squall for about an hour here in Yardley, where uh, Troy Vincent uh, and I went to high school in Pensbury. There you go. Old Troy Vincent. You guys might know him. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, of course I remember Troy Vincent, Steve. Yeah. Uh, um, my grievance is people talking on the cell phone. I just was at a red light, and it turned green, and the person didn't recognize, and there's a bunch of traffic behind me, and the person wouldn't get off the cell phone, so they started beeping behind me. I, I didn't beep, but... Yeah. Um, no. And it, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I hear you, Steve. I, and whether it's cell phones or not, this does drive me nuts. People who, when the light turns green and you've been sitting at a light for a while, will sit for like an additional three seconds. Because you know they're texting and they're looking down. And you got to give yes. them the courtesy honk and, and the whole thing. And this is something Mike and I have argued about before, is that traffic, I believe, is not real. It's manufactured by people who just don't know how to drive. What do you mean like, it's re- it's not it, real? It, it, traffic would be fu- there would be very little traffic if people just knew how to drive properly. Like th- that's why things get so congested because people are idiots and they don't know how to drive. So you think the you think the Schuylkill Expressway every sing- or ninety five or whatever ma- major road or highway you want to use during rush hour every single day is because people don't know how to drive, not because there's a higher volume of cars. Correct. I think it's but I think that's that's a smaller part of it than we give credit for. Most of it is that people don't know how to drive. They drive slowly. That creates when the there's majority an, of the congestion. When there's like 10 times the traffic, not everyone can drive 65 miles an hour. If everybody drove the way they're supposed to drive, it'd There's be less space. No, 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 no. What do you mean, I no? I when you were an usher at the link and there was like increased crowds, at like halftime or something like that, if you just waved everyone at the same speed, like would there there wouldn't be traffic well, trying to little, get in. I, I feel like that's different. I feel like that's not why it's increased volume of time. Yeah, I based not, upon the time frame. I, I I'm not seeing it that way. I don't so see you don't think way. you think every city in America or every city in the world just has so many people who don't know how to drive? That's why there's traffic. I think that that contributes a lot to it. Uh, maybe uh, when I say there would be no traffic, probably an exaggeration. I will say that. But I, so, and how much so of this I'm people conceded. not being able to drive is cell phone related? But, uh, like, I think well, probably a lot of it. So pre cell phone. So how was their traffic pre like nineties? Um, it's very similarly. People just not knowing how to drive, even though there were no cell phone distractions. Yeah, I, I think cell phones have made it worse. It's always been a problem, though. That's kind of the way I see it. Okay, so this is no such real thing as traffic, right? Even right. if there's, even though there is a number of cars. That or an amount of cars, but it's that would made be... worse by people who don't know how to drive. Well, of I course it's made fair. worse, but it's not the it's not the root cause. Maybe not the sole cause. I think it's it not is. the root cause. I think it's the root cause. No, the root cause it is. is it's rush hour. Okay, well, fair enough. We'll, we'll continue this. Discussion okay, sounds good. Next week, but we got to pick a winner of the fifty dollars gift card, Dan. So, um, you know, I, I think we may narrow it down to the person who came up with the double parking idea. And also the person who said about the uh, youth coaches. I like that one as well. That was a good one. Li- yeah, I'm going with the youth uh, because the double parking thing wasn't really all put together. That guy said when there's an open spot. I didn't buy it as much. Uh, so t- today's winner is going to be Gary. People yelling, taking too- youth sports too seriously, more specifically yelling at coaches and refs who are just trying to you know, enjoy their Saturday. They might be all 13, 14 years old. They got to hear it from parents. No room for that in today's society. They didn't wake up trying to ruin your day or ruin your kid's game. Uh, so today's winner of the $50 Smashburger gift card is Gary. There you go. So Gary, congratulations. Also time for a uh, final update on our Twitter question of the day at Tommy Kelly 44 on Twitter. Uh, Twitter question brought to you by Armin Chevrolet. Over 85 vehicles available during Armin Chevrolet's red tag year end event visit army arminchevy.com find new roads to Armin chevy closer than you think do you believe gardner Minshew will lead the eagles to a victory in dallas 87 percent of the audience says yes people weren't even this confident two weeks ago when hertz was the quarterback to micah parsons point 
it's the team. It's the whole team. But uh, hopefully Gardner Mitchell can lead the Eagles to a victory. My final score prediction, 33-27. Uh, Buzz, you said 27-24 Dallas, correct? Correct. That's what I'm rolling with. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. I'll be back on tomorrow morning. In for Howard from 8 to 10. Stay tuned. Jack Fritz, Bill Matz coming up next in the afternoon. Thanks to Dan Wilson for producing. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP.